Welcome to the Roll Down Podcast, hosted live on Twitch every Tuesday night. Now, here's your hosts, Cutler and Soul! Hello everyone and welcome to the Roll Down Podcast, live from the spider capital of the world, down under Australia. My name is Cutler, and I am very pleased, as ever, to be joined by my co-host, my friend, Sol. Welcome to the show. Great to be back. It is always, always good to see you. Guys, no fucking around today. I have been... I think courting is the appropriate word. Courting this man, and I'm begging him in the messages for weeks and weeks to come on this podcast. and. I am absolutely thrilled and pleased and, and really, really glad that, that we've got uh, Spicy Appies on the show. Welcome, Appies. Thank you for being here. Thank you. My pleasure. I could not be more happy to be on. And what you guys do is amazing. And uh, I mean, as, a, as another TFT podcaster, it is, it is an absolute honor. Kiss a homie. Kiss a homie. Guys, I gotta say, we're going hard today. It's going to be a full Worlds preview show. But before we get into that we really like to sort of get into our guest and really speak to them about their rise in the tft community how they got into tft and i mean without further ado appies i'd I'd really love to hear about like what got you into tft yeah yeah um oddly enough it was a bunch of very smelly smash players that got me to tft fair enough really really though uh all smash players are not smelly that's the first thing but, um, yeah, so I, coming into the COVID era, like, uh, when quarantine was start, just starting in, in America, uh, I was in my senior year of college, and I got sent home early, I had nothing to do. So, uh, I, I was big into Smash, still big into Smash, but that was my main competitive game, I would say. And so, a lot of my friends who played Smash really believed in TFT, and they got me to try the game. And then it was just, like, six months of all I would do was play TFT. <laughs> uh, this is, like, like set three. Mm. Um, set three to three point five because I, I had nothing else to do just sitting at home and uh, and I just like basically made the game my life for for a while and um, I think I ended up hitting like masters at the end of set three and then like challenger at set three point five and then I was like okay I can maybe start trying to stream the game now that I'm like half decent at it um, and then yeah, I did really bad in tournaments for a while and now I'm doing a little better in tournaments so it just yeah I'm, I'm uh, humble beginnings I guess but. Uh, Really, really happy to have gotten into the game. It's really cool. When you say that um, people that you existed in a community smelled, you're talking to two players who played professional card games, so we understand what it's like to be in the in the room with uh, some men that don't wash their armpits. You know. Yeah. It's, um, <laughs> Especially in a room without air conditioning, in a very hot, oh, in a very God. hot country. Anyway, I've sort of triggered a core memory there that I don't really want to go down. Yeah, like an armpits anonymous <laughs> meeting. After yeah. This. Exactly. Like I, I was hurt by the Smash community. I've been, <laughs> I've been Smash free for two years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I haven't hung out with gamers since 2018. Yeah. <laughs> My skin's clearer. You know. Uh, so I would love to hear. Uh, God, we really got I've to been inside a convention hall in Godness. Yeah. I haven't been inside a convention hall in Godness. How long? Thank God. Yeah, I haven't entered a card gaming store in a few years. 
Oh, God. We really got oh, sidetracked in the pre-show. <laughs> I want to stay on topic a little bit about TFT. And that, <laughs> and, that, and that, of course, is uh, about TFT podcasts. And Appies, you are a fantastic podcast co-host, host of, the, of a, a brilliant show that we absolutely love. Uh, we've had uh, Riley Girachi on this show previously, who is equally amazing. And I want to know from your perspective where the decision came from to sort of get into a podcast to start a podcast to to do something like that in the tft space yeah for sure um Jirachi may have mentioned so how we how we actually got the idea and started uh, technically was uh we so i think Jirachi had won a coaching session a quote coaching session from some appies community tournament the appies rasma tournament uh and so instead of coaching session what we did is we just got and called together and talked about the game for a bit and then uh, someone in chat was like, hey, you two are great to listen to talk to each other. Like, why don't you should start a podcast or something? And they were like, oh, shit, that's a great idea. And then they are like, okay, well, we can't just do it with two people. Probably. We could, but we want, like, a third person to kind of bounce off of. And who's the third person? And, I mean, Mr. Robin Kevin, Robin Spider Rider Kevin, uh, <laughs> was, was kind of the perfect fit. So we reached out to him. He was down with it. And, um, and yeah, I think uh, I think – Part of the reason why I was so willing to get into it is that one, it was really fun. It was a fun idea, and it was really fun talking to Trachi. So, and I talked to Kevin a lot too. So it was just going to be an enjoyable process altogether. But uh, there was like a huge lack of just content in the TFT space at the time. And I was, uh, I had recently decided to become uh, a full time streamer. Uh, you know, full time streamer, just nothing else to do really. And um, my job wasn't amazing, so I, I wanted to commit to it, and I knew that I needed to kind of come up with some ideas for content creation and get bigger. Uh, so it just kind of lined up with that too, and and now Timer Taxes is getting there, and it's been a really fun ride the whole time. So I'd love to know a little bit about your like decision to go full time streaming. Uh, I don't want to. I don't want to ask a quite like. I don't want to ask like, how's it working out for you? But I'd really love to know like. Um, how it feels to sort of get up every day and, or, you know, every other day and, and put that camera on and, and play some TFT. Yeah. Uh, so what I was doing beforehand, so basically when I started streaming, I, uh, I had a job that I, it was like two really long, like 12 hour days on Monday and Tuesday and the rest of the week I was straight. Uh, and then around, yeah, around when the podcast came out, I decided to, uh, to just focus on streaming, uh, solely. And at first it was terrifying. Because um, you know, I <laughs> luckily I had the uh, the COVID excuse in that I didn't have much else to do, and uh, I was just kind of soul searching, I would say. Um, but I knew I was really passionate about it, and that I really enjoyed it, and I enjoyed like the teaching while having fun, etc. So I said, now was like the one time in my life where I could do this, uh, like reasonably, and not <laughs> have a lot of repercussions mm-hmm. for it. So I just sent it, and yeah, it was terrifying at first for sure. I mean. Uh, you have, you know, you have like a bad month or something. It's like it is a small streamer, um, much smaller than I am now even at the time. And and yeah, like one bad month, you're like, oh god, like is this really like am I being stupid for doing this? Like what do I do with my life? Uh, and then you have like a good month, you'd be like, holy shit, I'm a, I'm a god, I'm on top of the world. And then followed by a bad month, you're like, oh god, the world's <laughs> ending, it's over. <laughs> um, so it's just like yeah, it was a definitely a roller coaster, but uh, I, I managed to. I, I'm now, I can say now I'm in a very comfortable spot, I would say, um, just because I've, I've gotten very lucky with the people who supported me um, you know, personally and, and as like a streamer, as well as uh, I've, I've had some very lucky 
uh, I've been put in some very good situations to kind of get my brand out there and make a name for myself, particularly in set six and six point five. So I'm very grateful for all of that. And uh, I can say now that waking up every day and streaming for a living is is, is such a good feeling. It's, it's uh yeah, it, it's definitely a lot of hard work as well, but it could not be more rewarding. So love that. That's great. Um, yeah, I wanna. Uh, I mean, we are not by any means full-time streamers so and i you know we sort of intermix uh real life with you know you know school commitments and, and things like that but it's really great to hear um from someone's perspective that they can turn tft into like a full-time streaming gig and it, it never really i mean i guess when we first started tft i'll speak from personal experience when um when you first started TFT, like maybe like set two, set three for me, I like sort of used to watch streamers and think to myself like, well, there's like four or five guys who get 10k viewers and that's probably it. Like, is that like, that's like, these guys aren't going to branch off. Like there's no sort of cohabitation. You can't really kind of mix very well with these kind of guys, but the community's really opened up in the last sort of. 12 to 18 months i think and and now there's so many like brilliant tft communities that are popping up all over the place and so i guess i wanted to ask you if you had any questions for for appies about about his rise to sort of streaming and and uh, podcast uh, creation tournament creation content creation things like that oh oh uh, okay i guess i'd probably probably ask more about like podcasts because like I remember back in the day, and by back in the day, I mean like maybe like half a year ago or a year ago. I remember at this point. And I was like, no, no, because because like, I think I think um you really were like, at least I think you were the first like actual proper TFT podcast. Because I remember like because I used to like listen to a lot of podcasts and stuff. I was like I was like looking around and be like, okay, like is there any podcast content for TFT? And I stumbled upon Triforce podcast, like Triforce Tactics. I think at the time there were only like three episodes or something. Like that. So I, I, I'm actually interested. Like, how? What was it like? I guess like what was it like? Like starting out? Like, cause like you, you don't really have like a frame of reference for like, I guess like what a TFT podcast would be like. If that makes sense. Cause I yeah, feel like when yeah. me and um, I was just I just want to follow in with like I feel like when me and Bodie ended this show, like first started our show as well. Like, um, there were also very few podcasts out in the space, but you all existed. So. We could at least look at your podcast <laughs> as an example, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I think both uh, both the Roll Down and Trevor Sounds are kind of like the, the pioneers of, of TFT podcasting, which is super cool in life. It's, it's so cool. That's to be really on. cool. Yeah. Um, I feel like we're like uh, we're like blood brothers, brothers in arms, you know. Yeah. <laughs> 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 um, yeah. No, I I think the only podcast esque thing that I knew of in the space, at least, was um. Mm was Team Fight Talk Show, which was less mm. it was more of a talk show than a podcast. Yeah, it, yeah. It had podcast elements certainly, and it still does, but uh, it definitely felt more uh, more less podcasting, more talk showy, right? And so I think we had a lot of growing pains in the first first few weeks. I know so our first episode uh, was rambling, um, right? And that episode was it was so not awkward because like we, we were all friends with rambling and like yeah but it was just like clunky right it was very chunky and like yeah. now the flow was off we had no idea how to direct conversation and then you know and that was the feedback we got at the end as well i think rambling was like it would have been uh like, like some of these things to smooth out the, the podcast would be a lot better right and then we had robin on 
Uh, and it was kind of the same thing, maybe a little bit better. I think every episode just got a little bit better at smoothing things out and, and getting a flow. And then uh, I think the thing with, with TFT in the TFT space is that, uh, particularly like the competitive TFT space, is like, what do you talk about for people interested, right? Um, so we kind of got in this mojo of like talking about patches and, and events. And then we, we started doing stuff like, uh, we did like an episode on, I think it was just like favorite set of all time or something like that. Uh, and so, yeah, it's been super fun. It feels like we're, like, it feels like us as long as, as well as, like, the roll down is have even, again, like, like, manifest destiny, you know, moving west, yeah. trying to, trying to yeah, figure yeah. out what the hell is going on. We're taking the, the caravans to Minnesota. Yeah, exactly. Like, like we're yeah, on yeah, trail. Yeah. Like, when do you oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. scary and die? You know, yeah, we're going to die at this one day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 We're going to be replaced by the Acer Allen oh, or something, God. or, you know, or Soji's yeah, going yeah. to come out with a podcast where it's just him and Q yeah. talking for 20 it's minutes a, a week, and we're going to get fucking left behind. Yeah. It has been, um, it's definitely been difficult to, like, define the space, right? But mm. it's been really cool to define, like, to, to mm. kind of make the staples in TFT podcasting along with you guys. and. And, and really build out this niche that I think was really necessary because yeah, TFT content, particularly like around the time, like, like there's so much popping up now, right? Between like first and eight, yeah. both our podcasts, uh, Ace's mm-hmm. new show starting up. There's so much content coming out right now, and it was like a, it was a wasteland beforehand. It was yeah. it, it, it really like, was, was there. yeah 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 yeah. It, 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 it was really awful, was back then. So it's it's heartening to see uh, uh, to see people. And, you know, I want to say that, like, I feel like we help, like, you know, both this show and, and Trigger Dice help inspire some of that content, which is probably a little self, self-serving, self but it feels it feels good to see <laughs> content popping up in the space, certainly. Not, um, we do quite often by guests that come on get asked, like, how, how do you start a podcast? Like, I've kind of wanted to start a podcast. Like, how do you, like, could I do it? Like, what do you guys think? Like, how did you guys get your podcast off the ground? That kind of thing. We do get asked these kind of questions more than like like quite frequently actually which is always very surprising because it's like a lot of people that stream i mean there's uh there's always sort of like a mix i think like you're either an introverted streamer who's doing it to kind of branch out to kind of make online connections or there's like extroverted streamers who are doing it to kind of sustain themselves Uh, and i feel quite similarly about podcasts too i feel like a lot of people really want their opinions and their discussions to um uh, to be heard by other people and whether or not that's through streaming or through the medium of a podcast is a great way to do it so um yeah i would i would be i wouldn't be surprised if we see like way more tft podcasts and things like or like talk shows for tft come out in the next like six months wouldn't surprise yeah me. i i can only hope i mm. mean i i know that there are so many people in the space that can be a much better podcaster than me so if they take up the reins and make like amazing content i i can only be happy about it <laughs> i mean you're like and not to you know you are our guests and we do always say nice things about our guests but you know we basically on the back of there being only you guys in the space and loving the content that you guys created um decided to make a podcast basically you know we had a very similar story like i'd met soul when he had about he just started streaming like for the first week he'd ever been streaming and i said why don't you come on my 24-hour live stream and chat to me about like why you like tft 
you know, what you do on your stream. Like, cause I want to get you to affiliate. I want to get you to 50 followers. Like let's, let's do that. And I got about, I don't know, four or five messages after that hour and a half discussion. One saying, God damn, Sol, he fucking loves to talk about TFT. And the other half of the messages were like, God damn, he loves to talk about TFT. And he's a fucking, and he, you guys should fucking make this a thing, you know, like you guys should do this. So it really just like comes from the desire to sort of get your voice out there, I think, which is great. I mean, you know, we love your, your podcast and we're really happy that there's so much of it. I'd, I'd love to ask you a little bit about like your thoughts about where TFT content goes next from here like what's the like, have you had any thoughts about like what the next big thing for tft is because i'll be honest i see like youtube like the disparity between like twitch and like other forms of tft content there's like a big divide i think like i mean i started watching like tft youtube videos when i was learning the game but i don't think i've watched like a full length tft gameplay video that wasn't like a like an in-depth guide in about a year mm -hmm. so i was wondering what your thoughts are like where tft content could possibly go from this position yeah uh i, I actually talked about this with uh with the king of tft content gang really uh mm. relatively recently i talked about this uh, kind of bouncing ideas and trying to figure out where everything's going and whatnot and uh i think yeah you totally agree there's this big lack of of you know, people, there. I think there's this group of people who like TFT content and go to Twitch and, like, get educational content or, like, bat chest, and, you know, that's where they get that. <laughs> and there's, like, the section of people who, like, who, who see uh, three-star, five-cost at, at uh, three-star, five-cost at 3-1 at in, like, crazy 100 HP <laughs> game, and they click on that on YouTube, right? Uh, and that's, I mean, that's, that's fine. And I think those two people, like, there's two groups of people uh, don't overlap a lot, right? So, like, the YouTube mm -hmm. content is very separate from the uh, the Twitch content. And I think... I think the kind of content, like, educational style, etc., honestly isn't, like, amazing for, for YouTube. And so I think it's going to be more of, like, shorts and stuff like, you know, I think, uh, like, shorts, like, TikTok shorts as well. And, like, that style will do well on YouTube as well as on TikTok or something like that, obviously. But... I think like short form educational content will do really well on like video sites, and then uh, I, I I mean I can only hope that it keeps doing well on Twitch. Uh, mm. I can only hope. I think it's um I think uh, TFT is like you know so if you imagine League, uh, I think like like old League YouTube videos, right, where like commentaries over a video or something say, okay, I'm playing Renekton, I'm playing Renekton, AP Renekton mid this game, and you're like, oh shit, that sounds fun. I'll watch forty five minutes of AP Renekton mid. Uh, not that that's a thing. <laughs> I think that's a thing. Not at all. AP Renekton, you gotta get first. <laughs> yeah, right? It's like AP Master Yi back in, like, season two. Yeah. Oh, AP Yi yeah. was good, though. Oh, shit, that shit was so good. AP Yi was yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. I can't imagine that AP Renekton was... literally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I think, like, like, that kind of content is... I think it's lost a little bit of its space in terms of um, like, 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 like unedited kind of like raw kind of style, right? I think that's kind of lost its space on YouTube to a degree for like League. So TFT, like like you find in a stream, like watching a full TFT game. Um, I think what a lot of streamers do right now is they just like uh, upload unedited clips from their stream of like Hyrule game to YouTube. And it kind of hits the same genre, I think, which is why is there's like a lack of overlap and that like people don't want to go watch like a super Hyrule game on YouTube. They'd rather watch the stream and like get an article live and stuff. Uh, so I can see like, like, you know, 
shorter form stuff doing really well. That was like a very long-winded way of just saying that again. But mm. <laughs> if you're an active vid, fuck yeah. <laughs> so, essentially. It is interesting. I've always wondered, like, how do you make TFT interesting in a 30-second TikTok? And, like, I don't know the answer to that question. Or, like, how do you make a 90-second YouTube short interesting? Like, I have no idea. Yeah. I have absolutely I know. no I idea. Am, I'm kind of there with you. I, yeah. I definitely struggle with it. I, I think the thing is, right, I feel like in any game of TFT, they're um, pretty, like, like fun to watch game of TFT. There are some moments where you're like, oh, shit, that's a dopamine. Like, like mm. uh, for example, there's like the game at regionals. Um, like the first game of my first day, I had like a double victor shot at, at level eight. I was like, Ooh. holy shit! Ooh. Um, <laughs> right, like, like so. I think like really short form stuff. You can do uh, like a little bit of game context, and then have that that big hit of dopamine, and people are like, oh, I like that. I like watching that. It's like watching videos of like a really good looking piece of food, right? Like a really a really good <laughs> yeah. looking cake. Uh, and then there's like guide content. There's like the ninety second like running through. Uh, like here, you want to play talent and roll. Well, get these three items and put them on talent in these positions, and then you know show talent killing everyone. And you're like, oh fuck yeah, I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna watch this video and be a talent god, and I'm gonna watch their next video and become like a, a Kaisa god next week with their Kaisa video. And, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> uh, interesting, yeah. you sort of talk about uh, Gangly as well because. Uh, He'll be our next guest on the podcast next week. Um, spoilers. Oh, so sure. I really want to dive into a lot of that um, that TFT content creation aspect as well, because there is like a world out there where it's where it's like where do we go from here? Because at the moment, I mean, there's there's also a mix as well. Like one like fifty second turn at like stage six one is like almost as entertaining as like one two to five five you know like all that content can be distilled into like this one crazy turn where you're level nine you hit jinx two kaiser two what you know whatever and, and like you win the fight that wins the game so it's really interesting I, i'm really looking forward to seeing like somebody who understands like tiktok and instagram and youtube shorts or something is gonna like burst out and just fucking take over Something I think like he's gangly. I mean, he's, yeah, probably yeah, he's so knowledgeable. He can do it. Yeah, he's had a kid though, another kid, so it's good. To yeah, TFT uh, is rightfully on the back burner for him. Understandable. Back burner, but you know, he's he's a content god. He's so he's so knowledgeable and about it all. So mm -hmm. definitely a great guy to talk to. We talked in the pre-show a little bit about like the fantastic more um, episode you guys just had on the podcast, and I would love to hear like from your perspective, you know, um, not to like like Mort is like the pinnacle TFT content creation guest, right? He is the guy. He is Mr. TFT. Like, where does the podcast go from an episode with more? Like, what what's next in the, like, the content creation of the podcast? Like, where do you guys go from that point after you have a more dog episode? Asking for a friend, because yeah, we're going to try and get more on. <laughs> yeah, more is the yeah, host. More in Ken. More in his son next time. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> What's wife on the no, podcast? <laughs> yeah. I, I, I think I, I totally agree with that that idea, right? Because, I mean, I was people shaking uh, with the idea mm. of having more on. He, he is Mr. TFT. You know, he's the face of TFT. And once you talk to more. The God of TFT. Yeah. yeah, exactly. He's the God of TFT. He's, he's better than Beta 872 at TFT. Yeah. What, you that know? Valorant player? <laughs> Sorry, yeah, what? exactly. <laughs> <Him and DQA. laughs> yeah. Um, 
But no, I think so. What I've been thinking, and and what I've just kind of kind of hit upon is that I think it just stems from like, uh, like Mort is the best additive you can get to a podcast, right? He is like the best icing for your cake. He makes like the icing makes the fucking cake, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. so after you have that, it, it's like re- refining the cake part of it, kind of thing, you know. Like you can make a cake and it's delicious. You just gotta. Focus like the icing can be not as delicious as it was in time with more, but the cake can be even better, right? Um, have you had dinner yet? Yeah, there's a lot of food metaphors going on. Yeah, I know. I, I <laughs> have you had dinner? Are you okay? <laughs> Do we need to come back in half an I'm hour after you've had some dinner? <laughs> I, I don't know. I just actually just ate it, so I'm like, okay. I just, I'm feeling food right now. Yeah, you feel. Um, you just said it's sad on your mind, you know? That would, which doesn't make yeah. sense. Yeah, I guess so. Um, uh, I, guess I, I think it was the delicious cake analogy from the other thing is just spilling over. Now it's kids' the, cake. Um, and basically, I think it's looking internally, right? And, and it's mm. saying, like, how do we as podcasters become better? And how do we make more interesting content that like, we can invite a guest on? And even if they're not, and not that we like, ever think this or like, like have it, like, even if they're not as interesting as more thought, right? Because like, to a random person who watches a podcast, not as many guests will be as interesting as more thought. Uh, it's just it's a fact. It's Mr. TFT. Um, so it's saying like, how can we take a guest like that and make our our side of the content so good that we, you know, we make it really engaging and we make it fun and, and as good as like the More Talk episode. Uh, and I mean, there are so many cool people to talk to in the TFT scene besides More. Right? And it's just like putting in the right, like, like talking about the right things and like what their passion is about. And so there's a lot of there's a lot of room for growth on our end. To kind of live up to a, I mean, once we're like gods of podcasting, ten years down the line, we have more on. It's over. Like we're gonna be peak. But yeah. not right now. We're <laughs> we have a lot of room to grow. I would say. So. Yeah, when you get that like set nine exclusive from Mort on the podcast, like you get that first piece of juicy info. That's when you. That's the peak. Yeah. That's like when you like <laughs> when you get the when you get the reveals. You start getting DMs from Mort. Like, can you please leak? Like, say something about. Uh, Kaiser is going to be a one cost on in set nine. You got to leak that for me on the podcast or something, you know? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, guys, I mean, I think that to be honest, uh, it's really, really entertaining to have another podcaster on because it's really cool to hear um, Appy's your, your opinion on, on content and things like that. You know, where, where we share some, where we share a lot of uh, ideas about this kind of thing. Uh, but, it's world's time, baby. And to be honest with you, there is some huge fucking TFT business going on right now that we want to talk about. And I would really love to come to you, Sol, to begin with, because you stayed up till 4am watching the world's mock trial. <laughs> <laughs> um, yep. Fun and... times. Yep. So it's probably freshest in your head, if anything. I would love it if you just if you wouldn't mind giving like a little bit of a rundown of what this mock tawny is, like what's what's sort of going on, and, and then we'll sort of talk about like the meta specifically. Oh, is it bad if I don't even really know what the mock tawny format <laughs> is? Um, as far okay, so here's what I, I I really understand from just like watching it like casually. So it's it's a um it, it it's a it's a you know the thirty two world competitors essentially in a you know a a mock tawny as the name suggests um essentially emulated the world's format. Uh, it's a three-day event, I believe. A2 just ended yesterday, so I believe the A3 is today, I want to say. I could be wrong, but I think it is today. 
Um, and yeah, it's pretty much all the world's competitors from the various different regions, uh, all essentially playing in just one sort of gigantic scrim. Um, and they're also like scrimming like like off the to- like off the actual twenty hours itself as well. So like I I think that like I watched the twenty last night until like it was like two a.m. for me, and then I watched Gibbons make day day three, and then I watched him play like another two hours of scrims. So yeah, good times. <laughs> There's a lot of competitive TFT going on right now, basically, is what you're saying. Um, I would love mm-hmm. to sort of... Um, you said you were watching Goobums, so how is Goobums doing? How is how is the games looking? How is the preparation going? Anything you noticed about the, the meta or, um, mm. or how it's shaping out? So with... Yeah, so no, uh, no shock. Uh, Goobums is probably my world, I guess. He's the player I've been following the most in terms of like his preparation and everything. Um I have like a huge amount of respect for the way he prepares. Um because he's very much like uh, I'm willing to try literally everything. Uh, I, I do not give a fuck if I like go the fastest eighth as long as like I learn. And I think that like that style of prep is just super like super admirable and just very like suited for like tournament play, I think. So I think I think like those factors make it so that I, th- I think Gubum's like has a really good shot. Um, in terms of the meta itself, uh, it's hard to tell because I think right now, just like by looking at it, it looks really degenerate. <laughs> um, it, 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 there's definitely, there's definitely, there's definitely some, uh, there's, there's definitely some uh, comps that are, are very like uh, playing at a very, very like insanely high frequency. Um, namely, like the scrap, uh, the scrap striker silver comp is extremely popular right now. Yeah, I know. Um, and, 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 and when it's a, whenever it's a Dark Star lobby, it, it's like I, I watched a game last night, the Dark Star lobby with six Dark Star players and two Silver players. So <laughs> it's 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 it's, it's, like, it's like it's hard to tell because like there's every possibility that like all the like a lot of the players are like just sandbagging like what what like they think is actually like good good. They're just like playing like the the comps that are known right now, if that makes sense. Like they're playing the comps that like they know are broken right now, but mm-hmm. like you know they don't really want to whip out the tech, if you get what I mean. They don't want to leak the sauce. So yeah, it, it remains to be seen what the actual meta will be like at Worlds. Um, but at least right now the meta is a bit de- de- degenerate. It's lots of silver. Uh, and, you know, whatever it's Dark Star, you, you already know everyone's <laughs> everyone's building Zizi Ross. <laughs> <laughs> I'm uh, I'm almost a little surprised about the Dark Star thing. I actually think Sivir does really well on the Dark Star. So where Sivir's so popular, people playing Dark Star. I mean, it is really good, obviously. You get Heart on yeah. Dark Star, you get Kaisa one, you're fake chilling. Well, I mean Sivir in general does pretty well because the whole thing with Dark Star is that if you have um like a lot of AoE and a lot of if you don't kill the front line first, right? If you kill the rest of the board, like all the board at the same time, it does you do well in the Dark Star. Uh but yeah, I mean, it is just a very, has a very strong synergy, regardless of how well Sivir does or does not do into it, so. Mm. Abby's, uh, from your perspective right now, um, as someone that, you know, plays on in NA challenger ladders and in, in lobbies against these pro, these other pro players, mm. and, you know, even in preparation for tournaments like regionals that you competed in, um, talk to me a little bit about how, how you're seeing the meta shaping out right now. Yeah, I think uh, I think the one thing you can say about it is that as much as recent patches have tried to slow down fights, the meta is like very quick fights. Like very, you want a quick mm-hmm. fight, uh, and there's a lot of AOE damage all over the place, right? Jin's like Jin's still good, Sivir's good, 
Uh, Victor is fucking amazing, as always. Renata is actually pretty good right now. Um, I think Kha'Zix is actually pretty good, and it's just a decent amount of play in some regions, uh, even though he's not AoE. He's just, like, good at killing stuff quickly. So basically what's going on right now is that, and this is why Darkstar is good too, right, is that uh, fights are very quick, frontline kind of evaporates. You don't really even want to build frontline items a lot of the time right now. Once like a buy, for example, that can also do a lot of damage. Um, utility items are good, but, like, Warmogs, Bramble, etc., feel more or less pretty bad at the moment because uh, almost every single period in the game just kills the whole board at once. And so this is why we see, I think, Draven struggling a ton right now, right? Because he's a unit that has to kill things one at a time. I think people will actually adapt Draven into a very fast board because, like, the, the uh, kind of like the Draven, the Draven, like, wet dream, right? Is like this big ass Leon in the front line with, like, Warmogs, mm -hmm. QSS, Bramble, and this Draven in the back line with, like, two Challenger with a Rage Blade and a BP stacking up. And, and doing his thing. And then what the reality is that Draven dies in two seconds and the other is blasting nothing but board. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I think what people will move towards in terms of Draven is like six to eight challenger. I played eight challenger Draven today. It was fucking broken. Uh, mm. Six challenger, six to eight challenger, eight challenger is hitting at two spats. Um, and play like a really fast version of Draven where like you just kill Sonari instantly and then you have like Quinn disrupting. It's basically it's fast fights. Uh, if you could make, yeah. if you get on a board where the fight's quick, you're going to do well. Yeah, really interesting well, to interesting hear as well. Oh, sorry, David, you go. I was going to say, just, just on the Draven point, actually, I've, I've listened to Frodan talk a lot about this mythical uh, Six Challenger, Knife's Edge Draven comp. But, uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, which sounds very good in theory, but I still yet to see in practice, so that sounds very, yeah, that's not very, very hot in theory. Yeah, I was going to say something yeah. similar, actually, as well, uh, because I was going to say that um, the Chinese players in their regional, specifically, played a shitload of Six Challenger Draven, and, like, Trin 3, like, Trin 3 carry with Six Challenger and Draven 2. <laughs> Um, because you do not survive long enough to play fucking Leona anymore. Leona just gets killed. Yeah. Well, Leona's le left, you know, like you said. So, uh, sorry, Appy, to yeah. cut you off there. What were you... Oh, no, you're fine. You're yeah. fine. Um, I think, uh, so the thing is, Challenger is kind of like the other end of Striker, right? Where Striker is, Striker mm -hmm. says, and what Striker boards end up being are like this four scrap, four Striker thing, where you have basically no frontline units, uh, but you have scrap cities of artificial, artificial frontline, just like shielding on everyone, and... You just like you kill everything instantly, right? If you get six striker, uh, you kill everything even faster. But the idea is to have like two parries, um, maybe like a, a dies of dies of cringe echo, frozen party in the back line, uh, and you have a very good hot. Which I think, yeah, <laughs> I think people are even starting to drop Morellos a bit because I think Morellos is not amazing in short fights, and even on these, like I think on these striker boards, like Morellos is also pretty bad unless there's like a Renata player in your lobby, etc. Because you can often find anti heal from like weak spot or like in the best, I think actually Sunfire board is fucking beyond broken right now because every the fight is so 10 fast. seconds anyways. And if you get Sunfire board, it's, it's just, oh my god, it opens up your belts to be Zeke's trap claws. You don't have to worry about it. Oh man, it's, it's so good. Um, but yeah, so, so Six Challenger is like, it's kind of the same thing as for Striker in that it says you just kill everything instantly. Mm. But with Six Challenger, you can very easily get to, I mean, Six Challenger is probably a little bit stronger in, in terms of like how quickly you can end a fight than um than Four Striker, and it's pretty uncontested in, in general, at least in the North American ladder right now. So you can just get on these boards where uh you know both people are trying to just race to the finish line, and you are just faster than them because you are playing Six Challenger. Mm. I um speaking of speaking of like fast comps, fast boards, fast deaths, everything like that. I would like to say as well that something I've noticed from watching these Worlds preview scrims and 
CN regionals specifically, which was on this patch that will be the world patch. Um, nobody's playing reroll. Like, nobody's playing Twitch. Nobody's yep. playing Warwick. Nobody's playing Alan, really, as well. Like, And anybody that does is getting destroyed, basically. Uh, it is totally, totally missing right now. Um, Sol, your thoughts on, like, the state of reroll? I mean, they basically spent four patches nerfing Twitch and Warwick in a row. Mm. And, and, like, Alan, really, Alan. as well. Yeah. Um, so... Yeah. Is this like the natural endpoint to reroll? Like this is how reroll dies. Um, under the force. No, no, no. Um, okay, so I think um, I think honestly, at six as a whole has just been like not very friendly like towards reroll in general. Like there have been reroll patches. In terms of like reroll, like like truly like rerollable carries, there actually haven't been like that many. I think it was better in six, but at least in six point five for sure, this feels like a bigger thing. Like in six point five, like we've really only seen like a single reroll patch, which was which was dominated by Warwick. Um, I mean, Twitch and Talon have had success here and there, but I wouldn't really say any of the patches were particularly defined by like those carries. Like, if that makes sense, like they may like they they were like definitely stronger at points, but like. No, they weren't like metal warping mural comps, if that makes sense. Warwick really has felt like the only really metal warping mural comp. So I think it honestly has more to do with the actual champion design. Um, and yeah, I don't even know if I'm the. I don't even know if balance is the right word, but I just think it has more to do with champion design. They feel like. It, it definitely feels like there are less two costs in particular that are uh, like that are rerollable in terms of carries. Um, and I think that like a lot of the three. A lot of the three costs, like, have been nerfed at this point. Like, a, a lot of the three costs, like, earlier in the set were very, very powerful. Like, I think of things like, uh, Lucian strikes out to me in mind as, like, a three cost that was extremely powerful. Um, but, like, a lot of that stuff has been toned down at this point. So, um, yeah, you don't really see that rerolled as much. Mm -hmm. So, I, I think that's sort of how we got to where we are now. Yeah. Interesting. Abbeys, I'll come to you with a discussion about, uh, three cost rerolling, uh, to sort of carry on from what Sol was talking about there. Not a lot of priority on things like Lucian, Gangplank, Senna, Morgana, Vex. Uh, I mean, there are. There's always sort of generally one kind of Arcanist player in the lobby who will be like going for Vex at some point. But how do you see those sort of comps shaking out right now? Those sort of twin shot reroll, Enchanter reroll, those kind of things. Yeah, I think uh, I think twin shot is sort of really good. So, um, so the thing is with rerolling three costs, right? Is that uh, a lot of the time when you're reeling a three cost, I think Arcanist reroll, for example. I think I think Arcanists aren't doing their best right now to reroll at least. I think like if you find a victor, eight Arcanist, eight Arcanist is really good, but if you reroll it, it can be really really sus. Uh the reason being, you know, is that everything in the meta right now is more strong line. So this Vex, this big Vex three isn't gonna do much, right? Um it's not gonna I think when we saw Arcanist like be really strong in six point five was when Draven was pretty strong too. Everyone's like flexing mm -hmm. Draven. Um Draven Irelia, right? Because they went from like Draven Irelia to now Jin Sivir, I think, in terms of AD carries, the popular AD carries. Uh, so when you know, when it's Irelia Draven, they can get stuck on front line for a long time. So that's when like a Vex 3 is really strong, and a Morgana 3 is very strong. When it's a Sivir and a Jin, uh, and they kill everything on the board, bef like, like before the Morgana the Vex dies and the last one left, then you know, because the value in that unit really lies in stopping your backline from dying, and that doesn't really happen right now. 
Uh, so I think that's a big reason why three cost reroll has fallen off in general because when you roll three cost, you generally want to reroll three cost frontliner as well, right? Because you want to the best part about rerolling is that you can reroll more than one unit at a time. So you can look mm-hmm. for like twi- like uh, Lucian, Morgana, Vex, GP, yada yada yada, all at the same time. Uh, so I think that's part of why we've seen reroll kind of fall off a little bit. Even when you do see like a big Vex three, doesn't end up popping lobbies almost ever or like winning a lobby. I do think that Twitch Art Reroll can be strong, but I think it's, I think Reroll in general right now is moved from, uh, like, you can force it, and, and maybe not for you, it moved from uh, being able to force under, like, not super tough conditions, like, like not super strict conditions, um, to now, like, you need the right opener, otherwise you will go eight if you try to roll Talon or, or Warwick, or, um, and Trinomir is also a unit that I think is doing pretty well right now, actually, because uh, you, I mean, Zach's, Zach's also kind of just a, <laughs> A demon and and bruiser mm-hmm. kind of gets past that whole like single pirate frontline issue because it helps your whole board a bit. But um, yeah, I, I think uh, I think like really fast paced reroll pops can do well, but only if you have the right the right spot. You cannot force uh, stuff really as hard as you to be able to force Twitch, for example, or you know as hard as you to be able to force uh, Talon or Warwick. And it's all come down. Uh, even like twin shot, I think has come down in that like you know if you don't have a twin shot augment or a ton of GPs and, and Lucians and stuff, you're just going to get outpaced by by every single striker player and, and every single uh, like Jin striker bruiser player, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, right? Um, yeah. Yeah. I think rerolls in a weird spot. <laughs> Interesting. I want to um, bring up something that I noticed when I was watching these world's mock scrims as well, which is um, there is a very high priority from certain region specifically on mercs uh so i'll come to you with this um we were talking sort of pre-show about like never bringing back these kind of or like these kind of econ traits ever again um oh how are you, what are you feeling about like merc on this patch specifically uh i think merc i think 2-1 merc no matter what is always going to be super strong just because of the way it sort of plays out um basically 2-1 merc lets you essentially cash out a 9 to 10 loss um and remain at still like remain at around like 20 to 30 hp uh assuming you know you are able to kill units um you end up cashing out at around 4-1 usually um which in a, in a in a ladder game is usually like almost guaranteed, whereas in a tournament game it's going to be a lot closer because you're going to have a lot more players rolling at four uh, one. However, uh, in the hands of a uh, strong player, right, which pretty much every world's competitor is, uh, the you know extra resources you get out of your cash out, irregardless of whether you high rolled or low rolled, is usually going to be enough to sort of propel you to a sort of you know top two. Uh, you know, like maybe maybe like top three, top four, if you like, you sort of lower on a little bit, but like it's usually going to be enough for a top two. Uh, and I think the real big point of um, the real big point actually uh, as to why Merc is particularly important um, to at least be practiced on is uh, actually due to the uh, the checkmate format itself. Um, the fact that on the final day you have to win, uh, you have to actually win your like once you reach the points required, right? You have to actually win your game to actually win worlds. Uh, Merc is probably one of the sort of most uh, consistent feels like a weird word to use here, but it sort of is one of the most consistent ways to uh, put yourself into a position where you can play for top two uh, and and play for that first essentially. So it, it makes sense at uh, all the competitors that you know, yeah, you know, you go into this tournament sort of assuming that you will make day three because you kind of have to, right? You kind of have to psych yourself up for these kind of events. 
um, you definitely need to get in that sort of practice with Merc. You need to, uh, especially when you're playing in these sort of high, uh, high pressure, high uh, tempo lobbies uh, compared to like in ladder games, right? Where you can get away with a lot more. Um, yeah, so that, I, I think like those reasons make it so that like Merc is a lot more prioritized, uh, especially in scrims where you know you're practicing. And I also think that the overall state of Merc itself is is quite strong. Appies, I'll come to you. Uh, NA is sending uh, players to worlds that aren't particularly known for like being Merc players. You know, none of them are really like Merc specialists. They didn't play a lot of Mercs during regional. You know, those kind of things. Like, how do you feel the state of Merc is right now? And I think I, I mean, I'm in total agreement that it's like a a weirdly consistent way to kind of try to guarantee yourself a top two. So, where do you see Merc right now? And and I guess more frequently uh how do you feel like na's chances are in in this kind of format yeah i uh in regards to training for na i think the only experienced player i i, I think dk can probably play mark pretty well and i think mm. i think Gooms is not an amazing mark player by any means like he i think he's very similar to me in that he doesn't play a lot of mark like uh, so in regional like i could not play mark play and it really punished me or not regional but uh innovation cup and i think Gooms had that same thing happen to him in Innovation Cup as well, is that like he had a Merc open and didn't know how to pilot it and he, you know, he didn't do well. So I'm sure he's putting a lot of hours into Merc right now to kind of get used to it. Um but I and I think GV, I don't think I've ever seen Goose play Merc. I think GV8 is incapable of playing Merc. That man must have a line. He must have a strong board, otherwise it's just an FF angle. Yeah. I will say that I think Milk is probably one of the best Merc players in the world. So uh, he, he's just like probably the best, one of the best players in, in general at, at uh, blue shrieking, and uh, like you know, knowing when to when it's time to stop blue shrieking, uh, when when to play a high econ, like, he's really good at his high econ style, and I, I mean he might just be the best player in the world at that. Um, definitely the best player in NA, so at, at that specific skill, um, and in a lot of other skills <laughs> for that matter. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think Merc is, is in a position where it's I mean two one Merc. You should be winning the game almost always. Uh, I think it's very like, like in a, even in a tournament lobby where you know people like to say that like in a tournament lobby people want you cash out. And it's not particularly true. Um, there's a like to cash not cash someone out. You have to often spend money at, at like a at a weird point for your own game's tempo, and then they kind of fucks up your own game. And they may, if you cash them anyway, you just go wait, right? So it's really not worth it. Uh, you just you cash them out, and then you deal with it. And then you hope other people die to them and you're fine. But uh, so if you get two one work, you should be winning the game in almost every situation, uh, even in even a like a tournament like Worlds. So I think it's very broken in that regard, and it's very good in a checkmate format. So I think NA will do decent with it. I, I don't think I think Goose will struggle potentially in a checkmate format because he has not played Merc historically, and he I think Goose potentially too. But I think Goose will put a lot of hours into it, and hopefully Goose will live as well. And I think DQA is just a player who I expect to be able to play Merc because he's it kind of flies with his style a little bit more. And then Milk, I think, is just probably one of the best Merc players in the world. <laughs> I have to imagine. He, he, I've seen him play Merc, he's amazing at it. I mean, like, Solus is a better Merc player, but, it, you know, he's, he's definitely up there. So I think NA will do well with Merc, and Merc is definitely pretty fucking broken. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Talking about um, what we talked about in the pre-show a little bit, you know, you guys did have more on to discuss a lot of, like, what's coming next in, in TFT, and the econ augments and econ traits and things like that and, and how they plan to balance those in the future. Um, I guess sort of straightforward question, 
do you want these kind of augments in the game? Or these kind of traits in the game? Yes or no? Uh, I'll start with you, Eppies. I think in the... Uh... Yeah, I'm sorry. I don't... Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I think we were talking about this, we were talking about this in the pre-show. I think I said verbatim, the only loss streak trait I want in the game is the one that says you go 12 loss and you go 8. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I think they're... I think they're good. I think they're really good casually, right? Like, having something mark makes the game so much more exciting to a casual player. Uh, and that's really great, because TFP needs to be exciting for a casual player. You can be growing competitively as well. But I think, like, in terms of competitive integrity and, and, and like, how much it affects uh, the game, like, I, like, competitively, I think Merc is horrible, and, like, watch Street synergies are terrible. Um, I think they're, like, econ-based econ synergies, like, Zordal, can be really healthy. But, uh, yeah, but stuff like Merc is not... It, I don't think it's good for competitive TFT, but I don't think it's going to matter because it's good for casual TFT, I guess. Mm. So, uh, your your thoughts? Uh, yeah, I think I'm going to assume this lot. I think that stuff like Merc is extremely polarizing, and it... I think the thing that's really weird about Merc um, is that, like, it, it feels weird to even technically classify it as, like, a econ trait, because, like, let's say, for example, you, you, know, you did not hit Mercs at stage 2, and then you hit Merc randomly at stage 3, you you are not putting mercs randomly into your team to try to like cash like a three loss or to like win streak like three four gold off merc. At least like it's not really that doesn't really make any sense because like um, the merc units are balanced around the fact that it's a loss streak trade, so the merc units are inherently like significantly weaker, um, and they also just don't work very well together in terms of make, in terms of like board strength. Right? Um, I'm getting a little bit sidetracked here, but the point is is that like merc is really merc and fortune are really weird in that like. Uh, technically econ trades, but what they really do is they just completely like warp your game. Like they they just like you're you're playing a completely like different game all of a sudden. Uh, you know to 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 what's considered sort of normal, right? Like when we think about when I think about like sort of econ trades, I think about more things that are more in line like things like sort of draconic from set five and uh, yordles in this set, where like um you at the cost of board strength, right? You uh essentially trade life for more gold essentially um you know in a sort of less polarizing and more sort of drip fed manner uh compared to merc where you're what you're essentially trading a gigantic chunk of life like an even bigger chunk of resources basically so i think that like moving forward like that's the sort of divide that i i'm much more in favor of like the whole sort of yodel and like draconic design philosophy where like you play the synergy the units are intentionally weaker, but you know it's it's giving you sort of like extra economy as the game progresses, uh, and you know you're still incentivized to try to save them as much HP as possible, right? And it's fine if like you randomly win one of your rounds. I, I prefer it not to be all or not like as as all or nothing as something like Merc is, for example, like, because with like Merc and Fortune, it's very much like if somehow your loss streak gets griefed early, uh, you're 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 pretty you're pretty screwed. Like, let's say like you know you 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 prematurely cash like a five or six loss. You just and you had like two more work. You're just like, dude, <laughs> I just had my whole game griefed. <laughs> so so yeah. Um, I I think that's like sort of my take on it. Yeah. I also found that it was a little bit different with fortune as well because of um the chosen mechanic as well. You know you if you like took a five loss fortune or a six loss fortune. You could actually like pivot out of your like Tom Kench fortune chosen, like maybe find like a four cost chosen and kind of 
go back to, you know, like you said, you're playing a different game. You actually just go back to playing the same game as everybody else after that if you were playing Fortune. Mm. It's not the same when you're playing Mergus. You don't just, like, get to play the same game as everybody else if you're 40 HP with a 3-2 board with, yeah. like, 10, 10 more gold than you would have had if you were playing normally, basically. So, yeah, really interesting. It is, like, such a polarizing way to play the game. And I know that uh, as we, we've had many professional players and casters and content creators who've come onto the podcast and said, like, it's good or it's bad, but there will always be a divide between, like, the baseline of TFT, which is people that play on their iPad, on the couch, having a nice time, or, like, playing on their lunch break compared to the, the people who put hundreds of games in every set, you know? That's the really, the, really the big divide. Yeah. 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 <laughs> exactly. Watching the world's tawny until 3 a.m. and things like that. It is just, like, so different. Appies, I want to come to you and I want to talk about an item that has really only started seeing play very recently, and that is Edge of Night. Uh, it's finally in a spot where they kind of consider it to be very... Mort said it was probably too good, but it is the way that it is. Okay. <laughs> and we're, we're, okay. we're on it. It's we're, pretty good. It is, our, it is the item that it is going to be for Worlds, so they can't change it now. It's too late. He thinks it's too good. That's fine. Um, it's basically every region, and I notice this like no matter what, everybody is just slamming it every time like they're not they're like anytime they get those components early like anyone starting sword is slamming it over ie um your thoughts on like the versatility of this item uh, in general yeah yeah i mean you can you can play it on anyone the cool thing of it over ga is that it's actually a huge dps increase as well right because like, like mm -hmm. i said um in this meta everyone's getting hit right everyone's getting hit and so we're backline carry, whether it be Draven, whether it be Ari, whether it be Jin, et cetera, et cetera, it's going to be at 60% HP sooner rather than later. Uh, and then that means that they just get 40% extra attack speed as soon as they get down there, and they get to kill everyone else faster, right? And so the cool thing about Edge of Night coming back is that it means Kaisa's come back. Um, Dark Star feels really good now uh, because of it. It will rather not because of it, but like partly because of it. Um, so the, I mean, this item, is, it's super good on so many units just because of how fights work right now, and then like it, it, the fact that actually I'll give you an example. I played a game of Edge of Night Ari today, which doesn't sound like good, right? Like like Ari Edge of Night fetch. Uh, it was blue buff Edge of Night Gumblade, and I was I was on like a so it was a seven syndicate board, which is kind of shitty, like like a lot of one star units and like not amazing items all around. And so this this person loads in, and they have Galio two, Jinx two, Chase two, Sipper two. Uh, and like, like maybe some other two-star five costs, like a Braum two as well. It's this crazy ass board, right? And this Edge of Night Ari. So what Edge of Night did for her in that fight, and why I won this fight. What Edge of Night did? I didn't do shit. What Edge of Night did <laughs> was that when when Galio two ulted on top of my my Ari and Jinx ulted on top of my Ari, it made her invulnerable for like a second, and then she just killed everyone. She just, like, she didn't get knocked up by Galio. She didn't get targeted by Jinx. And she killed both of them. Uh, because it's just, yeah. And then, like, the rest of the fight was just a clap after or after, after the proc because she was getting, they got tax speed and just kept, kept ulting over and over again, right? So it can go on anyone, AD or AP. It's super good in, in the meta and it activates super frequently. And, then, like, like it's very convenient because of that. Um, and it's a huge DPS increase. And, and, yeah, it's just, it's super good. Super good all around. Soul, your um, your overall thoughts on the item? 
Oh, I think it's yeah, it's it's obviously super super strong. Um, whether it whether the attack speed needs to be nerfed or not remains to be sort of up for debate. I think. Um, that being said, though, I'm very happy with it from a sort of design standpoint. I think it's a lot easier to balance than Guardian Angel, for example. GA was very problematic for many, many, many reasons. Um, so I definitely do not miss GA, and I think Edge and I is a much, much healthier sort of replacement for it. Um, I think that it's also like the power can also be tweaked relative to like the attack speed boost, for example. Like you can, you know, you can move those numbers around, right? And figure out what's 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 like more in line, I guess, with that. But I think the the overall effect and the way it works, I think, is way healthier. Um, while still being really really powerful, right? While still being extremely strong uh, and, and extremely flexible. Uh, um, a lot of it is actually. I do want to touch um quickly on um what Appies has been bringing up about the current state of sort of uh just just more sort of like just frontline, I guess, and just like how fights actually play out. And I've been I've been like. I've been a big proponent of this, and I've been bringing like talking about this every time I get a chance to stream. I think frontline items are beyond fake this set. Uh, I, I don't know what happened. I mean, I do know what happened, but uh, but frontline items like uh, like 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 true frontline items are actually like just so bad this set. Like like bramble vest, drag like declaw, uh, warmogs, redemption. Uh, those items just feel extremely bad this set. And, and the only like frontline items that like really feel worth playing are things like. Uh, Titan Resolve, like Ionic Spark, and like it's purely because like they do more damage, like they they do damage, <laughs> especially when you put on like a Vi or something. But like the the actual like tank front lines feel really bad, and, and the main reason is I, I think it does come back down to uh, I think part of it comes down to champ design, right? There are a lot of champions that like bypass front lines that just do not care about front line at all. Um, there's only a few that like have to go through the front line, like I think. Even like the only one I can think of. Like even but when we were in like an Irelia meta, like Irelia would kill one of your frontliners and it immediately dashed to the back line and just like wreck havoc. Um then everything else just like bypasses frontline, right? Um so yeah, I think part of that is also just like how we sort of got to where we are, right? Um but I also potentially think that like another part is also just to do with um uh, the augments, like with the, the augment system in this set in general, um, there's a lot of combat augments which naturally accelerates the pace of the fight, right? So, mm. um, especially when like you're you're fighting like boards that do not have like a defensive augment, like it just feels like everything just melts so quickly, like irregardless of tank items or anything. Like you could have like a triple stacked star vex, and, and that unit dies after like like that unit might get like two casts if she's lucky, you know? Whereas um, I'm pretty sure like in set six, that unit would cast like 10 times in a fight. So <laughs> yeah, it is definitely interesting to, to see how we got to where we got to, I think. But you'd still have no backline because Yone would have killed it all. <laughs> That's true. That is true. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, the set six and set 6.5 are very fast sets. You know, like there's been like two patches total in the entire of 6 and 6.5, where, like, going slow was reasonable. Like, the the Socialite Kaiser patch, where, like, you wanted your yeah. Kaiser to ramp up a couple of times, and, like, the unkillable Vex patch, where everybody had Vex 2 and went fast 8, with just, like, even one Vex you could fast 8 because it would cast four times and never die. Um, so, yeah, really interesting to, like, see where they go next set. Because this set, they're, they're not going to slow down this set. There's no, like, the champion design no, is intricate. Late now. Yeah, it's too late now. Yeah. It's way decision, too late now. The decision yeah. was made that this set would be a fast set. 
you know, so in, in the way that the champions are designed. So it'll be really interesting to see, like, if the game slows down, what that does to augments or uh, whatever comes back in, you know, in terms of augments or uh, armories or things like that. Because we do know that something like that is, you know, this kind of the way that we're playing the game is how they envision TFT to be at least for set seven. So we're going to get something very similar. Um, okay. We touched on Mutant a little bit. What I would like to say is that a lot of the Korean and Chinese players are playing Mutant no matter what the meta is right now. So, Appies, I'd like to come to you and sort of talk about the Mutant trait in general. Like, we got a little, like, Cho'Gath buff, like, on this world's patch, trying to kind of bring him back into line, trying to make it more, like, feel like an actual unit. How do you feel about, like, vertical Mutant right now? We touched on, like, Karzix being pretty good right now as well. That's another big reason, in my mind, why at least I think Mutant is sort of popular again. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think, so there was recently uh, a Synaptic Web, uh, a Synaptic Web nerfed by nerfing the Nautilus of Art, right? They didn't touch the trait, actually. I, they might have maybe touched 7, Synaptic Web, I'm not positive, they touched mm -hmm. the AP, if they're not, I don't think they did. Um, but so, that did, that did basically nothing to stop Synaptic Web from being one of the best synergies in the game, because you can still put Spat on R, and it's really good. Uh, so, I think Synaptic Web is really strong. Um, Cybernetic has been played a lot, I think, in other regions, and the EU, Synaptic Web has played mm -hmm. a ton. Um, compared to NA, it's starting to come up in NA. It's really good. It's super consistent. Uh, and then Adrenaline Rush, very, very good in general. I mean, you can play a lot of units with it. Uh, Dark Star, really, really good. <laughs> uh, uh, Void, really, really good. I think yeah. the only ones that aren't played are probably Omni Vamp. And I think, I think Ned Marcus is actually really bad because, again, fights are too slow to really, or too fast, yeah. rather, to, to let someone stack up. So I think, like, the thing, the reason why you can just play Mutant almost every game is that every mutation is really, really strong. And if you can get really good at understanding board strengths, or, uh, like, four, like, relative board strength of, like, a Malazar Q and any mutation, you know, compared to, Malazar Q Chosu compared to, uh, you know, like, uh, like, like, Sivir 1, et cetera, et cetera, or whatever is going to keep him, like, Sage 4, then you can definitely play Mutant every game. Because, like, the thing is that some mutations, obviously, would rather, like, like Cybernetic would rather get to a Kha'Zix and stuff, um, but you can definitely play around lower cost events for a long time until you get to that and, and do really well as long as you play it in the right spot uh, and, and wisely, right? So it's, it's just really good in general. Like all the, almost all the mutations are just really, really strong. Um, yeah, it's good. <laughs> so, um, your thoughts on, on the mutant trait? Oh yeah, I think mutant is like super, super strong. Um, I think as Appy's pointed out, there's there's two of the there's two weaker ones. Um, which really just feels like metamorphosis and uh, bio-leashing. I think like Omnivamp is like uh, sort of undisputedly uh, just not strong enough. Um, it's like the, the the way it sort of works is is that like the vertical was not particularly powerful. Like you don't like basically the healing has a lot of sort of diminishing returns as you get higher and higher and higher up. Like there's not that big of a difference between sort of thirty percent and fifty percent, and like a hundred and twenty or. 30% is also, like, really not that big of a diff relative to, like, the amount of effort you have to go to, right? Um, so I think that, like, yeah. Uh, and it's, it's sort of the same thing with uh, Metamorphosis. Uh, there are definitely metas where it's strong, but right now we're definitely in a meta where it's a bit too fast. The rest of the mutants, however, are all pretty much, like, really, really strong, in my opinion. And, like, for example, like, Cybernetics, like, a big one that I think, um, as Abby's mentioned, like uh, EU plays a lot, but um, some other regions I think are sli sli slightly sleepy on. 
uh, particularly with um seven cybernetic is just like kind of insane. It's like thirteen fifty HP, thirteen fifty HP, like ninety AD, and like you spread it out over like seven units. God forbid you get a mutant stat. Like you Jesus Christ.
you know, we sort of think back to the first patch of 6.5, or at least for the first two days, uh, where it was like Simba v. Renata for Supremacy, you know, like you yeah. only played one of those two comps because they were about as good as one another. Um, uh, interestingly, I do want to talk about um, Renata. A lot of the um, Chinese players like playing Renata. A lot of them like play a lot of AP. They're probably like the AP heaviest region out of everybody. If we're sort of speaking on like a world preview more specifically, the um, the a the players from the Asian regions love playing like early six Arcanists. They like put all their items on Swain. They literally just slam like whatever AP items they want every single time and just play around like going eight to find Kaiser or Jinx or um. Well, yeah, basically Kaiser or Jinx or Victor, really. Um, Appies, what are your thoughts on like the the state of AP right now, like going into Worlds? Yeah, I think I think Renata is really good. Um, I haven't been playing a ton of AP recently. I've I've been playing a ton of TP in general, I guess recently. I've been playing like a, a decent amount this week, but um, I think I think Renata feels really good right now. She so the thing with Renata is that you play Bruises, right? I think Bruises are the one front line right now that feels really strong because. They won the whole team, and it feels really good into this, like, spread damage AoE meta. Uh, as well as, like, the fact that Vi is a frontliner that does a shit ton of damage as well, right? TK as well as frontliner does a ton of damage. Zach is really good at disrupting fights and doing damage. So all these Bruges are, like, really good at doing damage. And I think that's why Renata is really good. Because you can play all these strong around her. You play Victor with her as well. I think Victor's amazing. Victor's, like, the king. I, I mean, Victor's the king. Absolutely the king of, uh, of quick fights, right? Because you get a show on Victor... He casts once, the fight's over. Um, particularly if he's like four scrap, four striker boards, if there's any scrap shield left, he also shreds shielding before he does his damage. <laughs> so it just destroys everyone. Uh, so yeah, he, I think Victor's amazing. Um, Ari is maybe the most suspect one. I think she can do really well. I think she can do really, really well if uh, if she's in the right spot. I think she can also do very poorly if she's... I mean, if you play her in the wrong spot. The right spot being uh, like a front line that doesn't die. And you give her enough time to ramp. She will. She will one v ten aboard if she ramps enough, right? She she has healing. She will definitely one v ten aboard. But she needs to get there, and that's the tough part. But if you get her there, it's so so strong. Uh, and then as far as like vertical arcanist goes, like I think Swain is a very very good two cost. Like he's I, so I was the big I was a, the biggest Swain stint in set six. Uh, I, don't, I don't I don't know if you guys know. I was like in NA. I was probably the, the most notorious arcanist player. No, if I ever hit Swain 2, I think my, my, my win rate on games if I hit Swain 2 on stage 2 must have been like 90%, like 95%. Um, and that unit was amazing, right? And going into this set, he, got, he felt a little bit weird for a lot of people. I still think he was pretty good in general and got buffed, actually. Uh, so I can see stacking Swain because he's like... He, so on stage 2 and 3, if you put a Swain in the right spot and he walks up to a clump... Like, he will just blow up an entire... Just deletes player. everything, yeah. I, yeah, I think yeah, yeah. still he's, super strong as well, yeah. I agree, yeah. He's much better than Vex in a lot of situations. Uh, early oh, in the for game, sure, right? yeah. Um, so you do so much damage. And then... I, I think this Arcanist, though, doesn't feel amazing, because I, I think Reroll Arcanist isn't great. And if you hit Victor, 6 Arcanist is, is, like, fucking super, super good. But if you hit Victor, it, it falls off really hard. It's kind of the issue, right? If you're rerolling Arcanists, it works exactly when you have Spellblade, but I don't even know if that works anymore because they've nerfed Spellblade. Like, I, I do remember playing like a lot of, uh, maybe not rerolling, but I remember playing like a lot of just 6 Arc, with, like all the lower cost Arcanists, um, when I had like Spellblade, but this was pre-nerfed Spellblade. Um, so I don't know how it currently is, but um, yeah. 
So I take at least. <laughs> oh no, I'm playing like the lower. I'm playing like a bunch yeah. of the lower cost arcanists, right? Instead of just playing for like Victor and stuff. But yeah. My um. Yeah. Oh, sorry, Abby, you go. Oh no, no, go ahead. I was gonna say um a lot of the a lot of what I've been watching in the lead up to this Worlds is a lot of players trying to figure out how they can get to that capped level eight, that like that level eight legendary as quickly as possible. And I think one of the things that makes Arcanists so good at that is because they kind of have a, like the, the early board for like four or six Arcanists has so many ways to kill units all over the board that you're always healthy at level eight. Like, and, and if you like spike six Arcanists early as well, you're, um, I mean, you're so healthy. Like if you if you have Brand like Brand like is like single target burst Swain does AOE Vex like knocks down the front line and stays a lot like speaking like about like stage two and stage three specifically, um and you've just got like all these really good units that do a lot of early damage and a lot of different kinds of damage to different units that you really um you really survive like with a lot of HP getting to level eight which is kind of where most of the players are trying to get like everyone's trying to get to level eight and get a victor get a kaisa get a jinx before everybody else basically um, it's also it's also like the most natural way to like play yordles as well right because like yeah there's there's sort of two ways to play yordles right like um there's the arc which i'll touch on in a minute the other one is um the, the sort of uh like the scrap version where like you play uh poppy blitz zeke's plus one uh, and then you play that in Flex Ever. But like that one is like a lot less natural because you have a bunch of like you have an Arcanist on your board, if that makes sense. Whereas like the the more natural version, which is like uh Zeke's Vex plus one, um and the plus one can be very flexible, it is is extremely easy to like flex around, right? Like and like oh that's right, it's, it's usually like Zeke's Vex Corky, right? And then you can play like a twin shot and Corky can hold like your AP items and then like you can flex around two or four arc dependently. Like like that version is like super strong and like it had to be nerfed right because like you know the whole cute cone and everything like with like you fast yeah. line really really easily a lot of time but even even like even now like after it's enough it's still a uh, pretty strong opener and like uh yeah it's just like it, it's very like it's high econ you can win streak with it I've said this a lot but like I think one of the like one of the most powerful things you can do in the entire game like all of set six six point zero and six point five included is win streaking with yordles when you win streak with yordles. Just have infinite money, infinite HP, infinite everything. Like it's just, it just feels like you can't lose. So, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Appy, sorry. Please continue. We kind of got a little bit sidetracked there. Oh yeah. So I was gonna say that's actually uh that was what was so strong about six arcanist uh like like four and six arcanist in early like like the early mid game and set six and why I played it so much is that you could always play your role on that board. And you would mm. always win streak on Fjord on that board. So you could always <laughs> hit Victor and you hit a single victory, you win the game, basically. Yeah. Um Yeah, super, super strong to play. And the fact that you can play Yordle naturally into Arcanist is really good. I think it's a little weaker right now, uh, than it was in set six. Just because the uh the thing is like like worst case scenario. Got worse, play right? Lux. Sorry, go ahead. I was gonna say the Vex got worse, right? Like I feel like yeah, Vex got worse. So Vex got worse. Vex got also, yeah, yeah also gets a little worse in the comp. Um, like fights aren't fights. Fights are such that like a big Vex doesn't even do anything as much anymore. Uh, and then exactly. like you don't have a four cost out because Ari does not do anything in six Arcanists because she needs a lot of time to ramp and six Arcanists right yeah, now doesn't yeah. let you ramp. So uh, a lot of big changes in Arcanists from six point five. It's kind of coming in this like you know if you do hit. 
Uh, and then Yugi and Janna get taken out as well, are really big for, for six Arcanist. But um, if you do hit a victor on eight, and you're playing six Arcanist, you are just as strong this set as you were last set. But the problem is if you don't hit Victor, you are so bold. Oh, yeah. It is you okay. are so bold. <laughs> you are so fucked. You're fucked yeah, yeah, yeah. Your game is over, brother. <laughs> Go next. Good try. The Merc, the Merc yeah, player's yeah. got four Victor on his bench. I guess I guess we'll just go next. Yeah, exactly. The Renata guy hit Victor 2 at 8. I guess we'll just go next. Wait, okay. This is totally random, but... There was a game today where I was playing, I was playing to play Ari, and because I'm working with four victors, I was like, okay, I'm going to play Ari, I have this like nice angle in a level 8 to roll down for her, and I'm scouting. And this one, this guy, who has, this this guy is on a 6 murder, no, actually an 8 murder loss streak, right? But he has an Ari 2 on bench, and 4 Nikos. <laughs> <laughs> with, and he's still loot streaking! <laughs> with, with, I was like, dude! How am I gonna hit Ari when this motherfucker has seven Ari's? <laughs> and then he died. So, oh, he died. Oh, he died. And oh, then he died. Okay. I don't know how he died, but he died. Yeah. Oh god. He was like saving was, like, the saving the Nikos for, like... for the next game. Dude, he played like yeah. double Nikos this show gap and then just died. Yeah. <laughs> it was, that's yeah. the fucking Disneyland oh, ladder. That's what they call. That's oh the, yeah. That's yeah, the yeah. fucking beautiful. Oh, yeah, that's the beautiful Disneyland. Yeah. <laughs> okay, okay, this is also completely random, okay? Can you explain, like, what Disneyland means to me? Like, I, I kind of get it, but I don't really get it at all. Like, I, I keep reading uh, that NA Ladder is called Disneyland. I don't really understand why. It's the happiest place I... on Earth. Wait, is that why? I don't know. I don't know. That's, that's just, that's I mean, just, that's just what, isn't that, that just the Disneyland tagline? That, that is, the, yeah, but the that is the Disney. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, I mean, I, I, I'm having this. I've had I've had the same question for the last few weeks. So oh. Like, it is. I mean, it is kind of like ridiculous. A great place for children. Yeah. Like, yeah, exactly. Great place for children. I mean, lots of fun rides. Kids. You never know what's gonna happen. There's pretzels. The food. The food sucks. <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah, no, I I don't know why it's called this. And it's, it's one of those things like like bad chest is going on, like bad, right? Yeah. Uh, Whereas, like, yeah. So you yeah. said it, and now it's a thing. Which, yeah, I mean, it, it works. It's, it's, that's yeah, but that one's kind of that one's kind of self-explanatory. You know, that one's like you look at the emote, and you're like, oh, okay, I get it. You know, yeah, like, yeah. I get it. But, but you see that it's like you know, like what, what, what you know, what, what, what is this? like a it's like an in joke I'm missing here, or and they're just saying that like, like you know, that like NA ladder is a fiesta. I mean, yeah, it's like a joke. It's, it's, it's a bit of a club fiesta. Yeah, I'm not sure. <laughs> no. uh, I'm, I'm I'm down to uh, I'm down to try to find the lore of. Lord? Yeah, exactly. We need to get the lore yeah, masters yeah, yeah. on this. Yeah. <laughs> we um we often talk about on this podcast like the the trickle down economy of like a soju stream through the rest of the TFT world. You know, like soju says something, and all of a sudden it becomes three twit longers on Twitter, and all of a sudden it becomes the every second YouTube comment under every YouTube video, and then it's like infested every angle of tft for the next six months um he really is just like the perfect tft influencer because anything that's yeah. said on that stream just like trickles to everybody else just slowly down, <laughs> it does. down the water pipe like all of a sudden it's like <laughs> i don't know like sometimes i think to myself like because i haven't liked ari like on any patch this entire set 
And I remember like watching like the very first like six point five streams where Soji was playing Ari or like trying to play Ari and going like eight every game. And I've like started to think to myself, like, have I just not liked Ari at any point in the set because the very first day of the set Soju said it was shit? And I'm like sitting there playing Ari and like going sixth in my lobby, like, this unit fucking sucks, dude. Why would I ever play this fucking shit unit? And I'm like, oh, I've never liked Ari. Dude, I've never liked Ari all that one. <laughs> there was one patch. Okay, there's yeah. one patch where I, I loved Ari. I absolutely loved Ari mm. one patch, which was, yeah. which was um the Alchemist patch. It was after, like, AD, like, just got nerfed. Like, they gutted the entire AD tree, and uh, Ari, Ari Ari was in a good spot. Ah, I played a lot of Ari in that, that patch. Was unplayable. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, then, and then they buffed everything back on, and uh, I don't think I've really touched Ari ever since. Yeah, <laughs> I I spent a lot of time before regionals. So my regionals prep was basically for for two weeks. All I did was force Ari to try to figure out how the fuck to play Ari angles, and I I did it. I figured it out, but I was like four hundred LP down. Did you have any idea what I was doing with that unit? I lost so much LP, and I like oh my god, I was like mental boob territory. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, but no, the Sasha's fantasy said that when Soju's good at TFT, NA is good at TFT. Like, NA that's true though. Good. Yeah, yeah, I remember saying that. True. That is true though. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, when he's when he's good, like NA ladder's fucking scared. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh uh, god, it's like a, like a tournament lobby, every lobby. Uh, there are also these weird times in it. Like, like I don't know if this is in other servers too, but for like the last week, uh, for some reason, every single game, like like there's at least two two star five costs. At the end of like like the beginning of stage five, end of stage four, every single game, and mm. I don't know if it's like just recency bias, but I or, or like it's a thing that this like there's this cycle in NATFT where every now and then ladder just becomes like these like like more dog bestows two two people a two star five cost <laughs> and it fucks up my every game. Okay, every game. okay, okay, okay. High key, high key, high key. I've experienced the exact same effect in my ladder games as of recent. I was like to myself, uh, is this just a biased like, is this just a skewed sample? Like, like <laughs> I, it, it, oh, oh, people are just hitting more 2 star 5 costs, like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> okay, I, I definitely played a lobby last night, where I, I think I went 5th, with an upgraded, like, with an upgraded scrap striker board, I know, bench. Like, everybody in the top 4, at minimum, had at least 2 2 star 5 costs. I had 0 5 costs on my board, by the way. And I was just like, yeah. it was like stage 5, I was like dead at 5 board, I was like, am I playing? same game as some of these people what am i looking at right <laughs> like, no, like, I like, two that. star kaiser two star jinx two star victor on the same board and then it's like another guy with like two star jinx two star jace and i was like what well the thing is it feels like like how na feels right now it's almost like everyone's milk in that like they're at 10 hp and you check their board and then they're just fucking crack it's like jinx <laughs> well, I, 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 two, <laughs> two prom, like, that's the actual reason yeah yeah i, yeah, I, I don't know it, it's no i think that's the actual reason i think people are playing like really greedy like yeah. I, 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 I started telling myself okay i think i have to play greedy otherwise like i'm just gonna get outscaled every time uh it's 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 the as, as angora and chat points out it's the china effect yeah. so it's the china effect I mean, everyone's <laughs> like everyone's watching china play see how hard they greed and now they're emulating that style and yeah that's just I I don't know how much uh, how much you two know about my play style, but that does not work for me. No, it's not my. Oh no no no! That does not work for me. It's not us either. Yeah. It, it's it's made ladder kind of hard, but if you want it's to talk awesome. about like TFT conspiracies as well, my biggest TFT conspiracy is that there has to be one patch where Soju gets paid by Mort every set to tell everyone that Cone, <laughs> that Cone is good. 
and that everybody just plays card. Everybody plays card. It's literally okay. If you think about, like, think about every single set. There's just one random patch. No sense. Cone doesn't get changed. It doesn't get buffed. AP doesn't get buffed in the same patch. Everyone just fucking plays, fucking slams cone, goes fast nine. One patch. Ever since okay, okay, three, but like, but like, every cone time. was actually good though, no? It was good though. It was good in yeah. set six. Cone's good. No, no, no. I was gonna say cone's good all the time. I'm just telling yeah. you, like. No, no, no. But I was gonna say no, no, no. But like, like this, this like Q cone, like this, this Q cone actually made sense because it was because of Corky. It's because of the state of Corky and like Yordles and everything and Arcanist and everything. It actually made sense. No, no, I'm down with like, like, experience. Yeah, 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 yeah. I feel like, yeah, it makes like Chalice, no, no, like, because if you slam Chalice, you shouldn't play Arcanist. Uh, right? No, 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 that, that makes sense, that makes sense, that makes sense. It, okay, okay, so, so the reason Q-Cone worked, right, is because it was, it was the state of, um, it was the state of, like, Cookie and Lucian's interaction with, like, the, the Arcanist buffs and the additional AP from Q-Cone mm. and you playing Yordles, which would essentially allow you to, to play, like, the strongest mid-game possible so you could win streak with Yordles and Fast Night. Then Corky and Lucian both got nerfed, right? They both got nerfed, and the Arcanist AP also went down as well, I believe. Not the twenty, not like the obviously not the two arc one, right? But the four arc. Yeah, the extra team. So yeah, because because what you could also do is right. The other way you could play it is also if you hit an Arcanist bat early, you could just arc spat one of your twin shot like carries and just like fast nine off of that, and you arc spat like your Jinx later on or something like that. Uh, Point is that that's why Q code worked. Played a lot of that shit in that patch. So that is the reason why that, that actually went. Because like, you can't really do because you can't do it anymore. Because like those units all got nerfed now. And like you can't you can't like guarantee like streak like mid game like with twin shots anymore. Like you used to be able to. So yeah. Yeah, Corky damage went down so much. Like, yeah, it went down. It went down a lot. Reason, and then they just fucking yeah, yeah. nerfed him to the ground to like, oh god, he's yeah, yeah, already yeah. broken and now we just bumped him. Yeah, I'm telling you. Yeah, right to be now, fair, like Corky should have yeah, Corky deserved it, hundred percent. I'm just telling you, like one should have never been that good. Yeah. <laughs> one patch Yodel every should set. never be that strong. One patch every yeah, set. Yeah. Think about it. You just think about one. There's one patch every set where everybody plays cone for no reason, and then it leaves okay. again, and then it just fucking yeah. goes. Like even fucking, like <laughs> like I remember like set four. What's there was just fucking random cone like cone fast nining in like set four. Yeah, but set that was five. just set four in general. Like set, set four just had a lot of cone and Zeke's Harold in general because like hail and it was like hail. like everyone was coning. Oh, like, everyone was coning Heimendingers yeah. in set five. Um, like set four point yeah. five. Oh yeah! Oh my god! Step four was so bad. Step four was good. Uh, no, I agree. I agree. I agree. Step uh, four was I'm good. good. Four point five is. Uh... I'm all. I'm the other way around, but I'm. I know I'm in the. I'm in the minority opinion. I hated step four, but that was just me. I'm like. Uh, to each their own. Yeah, to each their own. Each I know. Their own. I feel like I'm. I, nobody has ever agreed with me ever, but <laughs> it's fine. Each um, their own. Card, I think Cardax actually agrees with you on that, okay. and, and uh, Kevin might agree with you on that too. It's me and Card. Me and Cardax against the world. Four. Yeah. <laughs> um, guys, I want to finish off our... Well, I mean, Kevin's because... like... Sorry, I was going to say, I'll like, let you Kev... get one thought in. Kevin's like favorite unit was like Talon, wasn't it? But yeah. I was going to say, Kevin's like favorite unit was like Talon, wasn't it? Like, they, they, they basically he deleted Talon as like a unit. Most of like 4.5, like Talon was just like not even a unit. Like, it was just so like weak. Well, that's why he liked it, because he knew how to play it and no one else did. Right? Oh, that's <laughs> fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like the Kevin effect. He could play anything. <laughs> okay. Um, so, we've talked a lot about the world's meta we've talked a lot about the regions we've talked a lot about the gameplay aspects of worlds um i want to now hear everybody's top three favorites for the world championships there are a lot of players in the event a lot of fantastic um players from all different regions all over the world i'm going to start with you soul i want either your top two or your top three favorites for the event uh 
Uh, pay a few from each region, I guess. Uh, NA, probably Gubums. Um, EU, only double, KC double. Then uh, China. I want to say Huami, but that's like, I, I only ever watch Huami, so I don't really like know how good the other players are. Yeah, Huami for China, I guess. Gubums, doubles, and China. And uh, Huami. Those are my three picks. Good choice. Appy's out. Uh, no, in no, in no order. In no order, by the way. In no, in, like, that's not a one, two, three, by the way. That, that's just the, those are my three picks. Hmm. I'm going to order mine. I think doubles is going to win. I think, I think doubles is crack. Um, after doubles, I would say Aussie Milk, I think, is going to do really well. I mean, Milk always shows up. Uh, I, I, I'm a believer. And then probably actually want me. <laughs> I have a very, very similar top threes. <laughs> Yeah, I think um, doubles and Huami are like the two where you can like hang your hat on the fact that like they've been there before, they know how to win big events, they're like experienced, they and they're fucking insane. Like both of them are like insane fucking players. Like they like pull out of angles that you've never seen before. Even if you're like a, you're like great players, like you just like talk to other players and like I never would have done that. Okay, fair enough. Um, yeah, you know I totally get it. I'd like to um give like a sneaky like could do really well to Dudu as well the KR representative mm-hmm. he's um Dudu's good crap. yeah like, one yeah, of the best good. one of the best like like I haven't like I haven't seen very many players as good as Sivir as like re- like Milk at regionals you know like who was just like insane at building these incredible Sivir boards and every time I watch Dudu in like the KR vods of like KR events and things like that he just builds like the most incredible Sivir boards I've ever seen so that's um you know that's like an outside shout there so yeah i think um pretty pretty similar all the way around um so i know that when we were preparing this episode um, you had a question you wanted to ask appies about uh, like tournaments specifically so i think that might be a good way to end off our um our discussion talking about um tournaments and, and confidence and and uh, scans like play style going into events. Oh sure. Uh yeah 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 absolutely. Um, it's like, okay, hold on. Let's... Okay, sorry. Uh, I'm, t- I'm terrible. Okay, I'm being I'm being really bad right now. Sorry. What 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 did I, I what did I want to ask you? <laughs> As in like because because I didn't. So I think so. You okay, wanted I'm to being, ask Abby. Really <laughs> What did I want to ask again? Sorry. Uh, we, when we were planning this episode, we wanted to talk a lot about like uh, like tournament confidence. You said that um, you know you were feeling really good after your day one, and you had a bad game in day two, and uh, in your region in the regional event, and you kind of imploded after that. So I wanted to uh, ask you oh, specifically sure. about how to um, maybe not like how not to tilt, but how to use the confidence that you get from playing well in TFT to boost yourself forward in a tournament. Yeah. Um... So, ask so question. I... <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that, that was pretty much it. That was pretty much it. But like, yeah, it's just been a... <laughs> I've just had a break part. <laughs> in my experience, particularly this set, because uh, this is the first set that I've done like really, really well uh, competitively, I found that um, the thing about confidence is that you can make mistakes, right? Uh, and the difference between someone who is confident that makes mistakes someone who is not confident in these mistakes is that the confident person will make a mistake and say, okay, I'm not going to worry about it right now. Oh, I know they're going to think about it after. And the person who's not confident will say, we'll focus on it. And it, it fucks up their entire game and their mental, right? So um, 
TFT is a game where you have to believe you're right in the moment. At least, you know, the, the, top, the top level in tournaments, like, if you don't believe you're right when you do something, it will, it'll snowball out of control. It will destroy you, destroy your game, and like, destroy your mental. Um, and a good example of this was day two, right? So day two, I had a, I had a kind of little game that tilted me. Um, I, I think I, I played a lot worse the rest of the day. I made a lot of little mistakes. I kind of wasn't really in the game, and, and so I, I just didn't play well, and I didn't make it, right? Uh... And a lot of that was that, I think. Um, so the reason I think I played well a lot of the set uh, was because I was confident in the fact that I was good at DFT. I didn't care about how good I was compared to other people. Um, I just knew that I was good at DFT, and that's what I rolled with. And then I think going to regionals, uh, it was obviously a different kind of tournament, and that it was, I mean, I obviously the terms are pretty high stakes, but this was like the highest stakes one, right? Getting a world slot, and there was a lot of pressure, uh, and so. I think I, I just, my mindset going into a tournament kind of started shifting to like, oh, well, am I as good as these players? Like, like do people see me as being better than them? How many of those expectations? And then um, that kind of maybe cracked day two, right? And like one, one little, one, one little rule game, and then I just played bad the rest of the tournament. And so I think there's a lot to be said for being confident that you're as good as the other players in the moment, uh, even if it's true, even if it's not true it'll make you play a lot better. And then, um, you know, if you're not confident, that's how you start to see these cracks form and how you start to get in your own head. And, and you make a lot of little mistakes that, that you really shouldn't be making. So it's important. It's very important to be confident, even if you know you've made a mistake. So do you remember the question you wanted to ask now? Is that sort of, does that sort of get to the point that you wanted that, to that make? Was, no, that, that, was, that, was, that was more or less, that was mm -hmm. more or less it, right? Like it, it was, um, I mean, yeah, it was, it was basically just, like, going into, like, any, like, sort of big 20, right? How do you sort of, they sort of, like, stay, um, I guess just stay in form, right? Um, especially, like, when, like, every game, a tournament situation is just so, I guess, mentally draining um, compared to, like, a ladder game, right? Like, a ladder game, like, you, know, you could probably blitz through, like, yeah, like, a 10-game set in, like, with, without, like, thinking at all. But, like, in a tournament game, like, every game feels like you... Like, every one game you play feels like you play, like, five games on ladder, if that makes sense. Like, in terms of, like, the brain power and, like, mental use. And so it's, like, yeah, I, I guess, like, the, 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 I guess, like, like, the question was, like, pretty similar to that, right? How do you, like, sort of um, stay in sort of form, right? How do you sort of, like, you know, be like, okay, that, that game's done now. How do we sort of, you know, move ahead? Like, how do we sort of, sort of you know, stay focused and, like, keep going, right? But, yeah. 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 At least how... how... I personally looked at it, it was that I, I when I when I play well, I think this was not true day two of regionals, but when I play really well, I think part of the reason why I play really well is because I know that I can dig myself out of any hole. I think a good example is actually the Blue Buff Chemtech NAR and uh, Blue Buff Chemtech's that NAR game where like Oh that game is so good, yeah. Yeah. I didn't know what I was doing, but I was like, I can dig myself out of this hole. I know how to do this. Um, and so even if like, you know, starting to dig a hole, like I don't know where the fuck I'm going, I I, I, I trust myself to get out, basically. Uh, and that will do wonders for you. Great. Really good advice yeah, there. Yeah. Um, really interesting way to end off this world's discussion as well. I want to say a big like good luck to the OC competitors as well. We haven't really had a chance to talk about them. I know we didn't put them in our top three, but that's also because um, uh, they're going to win, and we don't need to. We don't need to believe in them for them to know that they're going to win. <laughs> um, so good luck to uh, good luck to Ron and to uh, Ket and Pingers for the. Uh, and I might have to explain that to Appy's afterwards. <laughs> <'Cause>... <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> is it actually confirmed? I don't even know no, if it's, it's confirmed not, that that's actually what their name is meant to be. <laughs> no, I think they'll go into worlds with the name KMP. Um, obviously, Ket short for Ketamine, Abby's aka Horse Tranquilizer. Ah, okay. <laughs> uh, and, uh, yeah, of course, no, for sure. Ping is, Ping is being Australian slang for MDMA, so. <laughs> my dad has just been out. <laughs> no, no, we had to explain, we had to explain oh, this God. to somebody else last week as well. I think it's like it's fine. two weeks ago. Uh, yeah, two weeks ago. Uh, Robin, we had to explain to Robin. Oh, we, we explained explain to, to Robin, Robin as well. Yeah. <laughs> oh God. Yeah, yeah, and they wouldn't allow Buff Grinder Man to to be his name either. Oh, so unfortunate, unfortunate. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, guys, we're gonna move on to the question portion of the episode. Uh, which involves my co-host Sol uh, asking us a couple of questions that we receive. If you want to ask a question, uh, please join our Discord. The, the Discord link is in the description of every episode. You will be able to find it, and you can ask a question for every guest. Um, and we have a couple of good ones and, uh, here for Appies. And if anyone, yeah, if anyone wants to add any additional questions, yeah, that may have just thought up, feel free to drop them in the chat. But otherwise, uh, these are the ones that we have so far. Sol's too nice to you guys. Um, I do not let you guys do that anymore, nice. but he does, so... I mean, I'm the one in charge of the segment, so... Yeah, you're in charge, so go on, then. If you, if you guys have questions, put them in the Twitch chat. <laughs> Both work. Whichever one works, right? Well, the way... The way okay, look, what level do you want, you know? If you put it in the Discord, it's it's guaranteed to be answered. If you put it in the chat, it's like, no guarantees. Mm. That's just how it goes. Right, cool. Uh, so, Maxi, Maxi Von Bloke asks, what is the leading theory of the fourth arm patch? Uh, I don't know what it is, but I can I only guess, like, hope. Yeah. I can only hope we get six augments. I can only hope. <laughs> I was going to say, we can frame this as, like, what would our ideal fourth arm patch be? You know what I mean? Like, like instead of, like, oh, you know, this is probably what they're going to do. Like, what, 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 like, I think a more fun way to put it would be, like, what would we like to see like at, for our fourth arm patch? So Appy's just said six augments. And everyone's an egg. Everyone gets an everyone's, egg. Everyone's, everyone's everyone's egg. Everyone gets a golden egg. Yeah. So so <laughs> when does the egg get dropped to you? Four six? Or, or every single eggs? time. No, everyone gets a golden egg for every augment. Oh, no, yeah, everyone gets six every, always just a golden egg. Yeah, 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 exactly. exactly. One four oh, golden so, so, egg. So, just, just, no ben, just no bench space, yeah? Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, no. no. <laughs> the bench is just golden egg. six eggs. You have six eggs. You have a bench face. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> right? Fuck it. Continental breakfast looking ass. Yeah. There's some scrambled <laughs> eggs. On a serious note, though, 6-6 six, six augments would be quite insane, actually. I don't know. Like, you get two at every, 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 every time. Yeah, every I love that. That's you have a threshold? Oh, that'd be, ooh, that'd be spicy. Yep. If you're talking would about... Would, um, you, would, you, would you have mixed rarities, or would you have, like, pick two from the same rarity? Uh... I think mixed rarities are more fun. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The ability to get a six prismatic game sounds so fun. Holy shit. How does. Triple. Would the game just implode at that point? Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, we talked about the fights being fast, right? Wouldn't a six prism fight be like. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's the whole fight. You get some fucking boards with like share the spotlight, duet. Yeah. Fucking... Like, share this with five with five socialite. Yeah. Like, socialite yeah, yeah, yeah. heart. Yeah, so your two your first two options are prismatic, socialite, double socialite, and um, share the spotlight. And yeah. then the next yeah. one you get you get duet and then you get like additional socialite. And you're playing one socialite, you get five socialite for everybody. 
My ideal I world know. would be that they bring back that's the um, galaxies. That's what that. That's the best four time patch they oh, can do. They just yeah, bring back really. the random galaxies. That's kind of cool. Give us like a four. <laughs> give us like four cost. Um, four cost galaxy. Oh, like oh yeah. yeah. With a and Granada and shit like that. That'd be fun. Everyone hilarious. just feline for kale every single yeah. time. Oh, can I just say on a random note, my 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 Loki, like my set six, my set seven wish list is that they they get rid of like opening character. Like, I really. Really want that out of the game. That's just me. <laughs> I, I don't know about other people, but I hate that like my freaking strategy game has a random dexterity component in it. And these days, like Wait. I just feel like a. Hmm? Oh, sorry. As I say, what you do to fix it? Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt yeah. you. But what, what no, no, you no, do cool, to cool, play cool. around it? I have a massive case of boomer hands, and so what I do is I yeah. force my playstyle to be that I play around everything. I can play any opener, oh, so that okay. I cannot get more dogged in. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. Can't yeah. Yeah, it's mostly fine, but there are definitely like okay. But the problem right now with the set is that like, light items feel so bad. So like half the opening components, like if you start with them, just feel so bad. Like I don't know. yeah, no, I didn't even. That. Normally it's fine. Yeah. Normally it's fine. Normally I'm like, oh, I'll just start fun light item, whatever. I'll just flex around anything. Instead, it's like well, the, the current patch is like I start chain. I'm like I'm already going. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like I start bell. It's like I, I, I already know I'm not. It's not, it's not belt, it's like, no, well, Chain's like, okay, I'm either making Frozen Heart and, and being a cringe lord, or, or it's like, fuck. No, no, but, but like, it's like, every time I start belt, I'm like, okay, it's, 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 it's belt, cloak, opener, incoming. Like, I'm about to end up with two belts and a cloak on my bench, and I don't know yeah. what I'm about to do with my life, but, yeah. Well, you yeah. Want I think, um, uh, oh, I, 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 okay, but back to, I got sidetracked, but I do think, uh, I think Galaxy would be, uh, I think that, like, Galaxy is like, augments. I don't think be, they'd, like, they, they, they would. They wouldn't do it. Do it but it'd be really it's funny. Like, it'd be really funny to just drop a random mechanic in right at the end. Like, what if at the same time we get augments, we get the lanterns as well? Everybody gets a lantern and an augment at the same time. Like it's stimmy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Everybody gets four six augment and stimmy. <laughs> yeah. I'm down for them to add shadow items to the to augments as well, and you can get shadow item drops, and for them to bring back rise, so you can get stimmy with shadow blue buff rise. And just call it a day. That, that's yeah. the set. That's the end of the set. The last of like like set like fifteen, right? TFT's like dying. Riot Games is like underwater. There's nobody playing TFT anymore. They bring back like literally like four six. You literally get every previous set's worth of like random shit in the four in the like the oh. final the final ever TFT patch. Like before the game <laughs> dies, you literally just get everything. Like you just get fucking stimmy, triple prismatic, fucking small galaxy, plus some random. Big Bang shit. Galaxy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Big Bang Galaxy. Big oh, Bang shit. sets. Big bang. Like, yeah, everybody starts God. with fucking two fonds and a radiant item and then. Yeah, that's that's right. Big Bang Galaxy was two fonds. It wasn't even one. It was, it was two fonds. Yeah, everybody gets double. What was that for? Yeah. It was that wealth. That was what was that for? I still like it. Still, it still, it still baffles me to this day that Big Bang Galaxy was at Worlds. Like I remember watching it as well. Like holy shit, that mm -hmm. was that was something else. That was a hell of a time to be alive. 
Gotcha. It really was. Yeah, so that's it. That's my that's my hope for the final ever TFT patch before TFT dies. Like everybody's playing just like the most random shit. You get a golden egg, you get triple prismatic, you get fucking stimmy. Uh, yeah, so um, insane. That'd be my yeah, Big Bang Galaxy. Everybody gets triple bond to start off with. Lanterns. Everybody gets triple lucky lantern. Some random shit. Was, uh, uh... A prismatic augment that just said you can have any five cost from any set. Oh, I'm down. That's spicy. Yeah, that's a spicy one, right? Right, you just get. Yeah, that's in. a spicy one. Up, hey, yo, that's a good question. Actually, who, who would people pick? You, you pick this in? Uh, probably not. I, I'd pick someone fun. Uh, who would you actually? Except one pick. Yeah, it's probably. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I had to play set one, but for the guy who broke his. Holy spot. shit! No, no, I remember. I remember the set one pantheon. I PTSD. I, I remember. I remember pre pre enough set one pantheon. What if it had? What if it also? It wasn't like just that. Like you got so you get one five cost from any set, and it's it counts as every trait. Oh. So no matter what you put it in, oh. it like gets that trait bonus, right? So like you pick you pick oh. whatever it becomes a mutant. You know what I mean? Like you get like mutant okay, synaptic that, 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 that's, Okay, okay, that, that's that's way too complicated. No, that's shit. fucking yeah, sick. That's that so sick. I'm Wait, taking you, I'm taking like, like set three Asol. Wait, so would it take on um, any active traits you have? Yeah. So you should play like like two challenger, two striker, two bodyguard, two bruiser, two yeah. two enchant. You just take you play everything. Yeah. And you just get this this like unkillable set or something. Stand United board or something. Yeah. Synaptic Heimerdinger maybe. Double Shojin. I feel like the unit, like, funnily enough, not because it's like broken or anything, but I feel like the unit for me that I miss a lot is uh, set 3 Thresh. I really miss 5 cost Thresh. Oh, Thresh is so cool. Ergot. The unit was Asel. so fun. Oh, God. Oh, they're all so cool. Yeah. yeah. GP, but, like, Thresh, MF. when you gave him like a blue buff, and he just like, he started pulling in more Threshes, which would pull in like more shit like Urgot and stuff. Oh yeah. boy, that shit was, that, that shit was so fun. Sick. So, so that cool. shit was fun. I loved yeah, every yeah, legendary yeah, in that so set. Um, um yeah so yeah, i think uh we got an amazing question in chat that i'd really love to love us to to talk about as well in angora uh, yeah 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 i was gonna bring that one up next Perfect. this one's from angora shout out to angora um yeah it's for Abby's. uh so this is the first set where you consider being a top tier player in na was there anything in particular you haven't mentioned yet that you feel helped you get there um i think uh, I, I mentioned here but I think i've said this probably most of the times i've been asked or I've, I've been asked this, and it's that I uh, I was very hard on myself. I, I I was you know no copium. If I sucked, I said told myself I sucked. If I did something wrong, I told myself I was wrong, and it was kind of just like uh, a I think I think what I did was I basically just said okay I am I think also that the timeline was was part of it. That like if I didn't become if I didn't become really good at TFT this set and like make the stream and start working, I'd probably play TFT like at least competitively and play more casually. So uh, I think that with like being very hard on myself in terms of like how I was doing and how I wanted to get better was really and those two things came together to say like it was kind of do or die, and I I managed to do thankfully <laughs> um, uh, with a lot of support from a lot of really nice people. So yeah, do or die moment basically, and like, I. And I made it work, thankfully. Oh, yeah. Right. It's a good answer. I like that. It's cool. Okay, for sure. Um, okay, cool. Uh, let's see. What else do we have here? Um, there's a question about... Yeah, okay. This one we sort of answered already. Okay, let's do this one. So, apparently I feel like Special and Tome do not feel very satisfying to play. Uh, do you like the way they are right now? What would you change if you could? 
I think the spatula and tome is that the synergies are just kind of edge at the moment. Mm. Uh, yeah. Like, I, I think the thing that changed about him is just the synergies, to be honest. Uh, like, I think Fawn can be exciting. I think, like, like something you can spat we talked about can be exciting. Like, it can be really exciting, right? Uh, particularly if you have a cloak and you get dropped a spat and you're playing and you're like, oh my god, I can kill my cloak with a spat? Holy shit. It's, it's like, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I think uh, the biggest thing is that synergies aren't necessarily like the spat synergies aren't necessarily very exciting and so that's the biggest thing i would change to make them more exciting i think like spat is spat i think spat is fine um but this set in general is just not particularly enticing you know if there was a spat that said this motherfucker just shoots a beam out of his mouth and does big damage like that's an exciting spat i want to see my my thrush shoot a beam out of his mouth and do big damage calm down i i don't really care if my thrush has an extra 200 armor or, or an extra 20 AP from Arcanist or whatever, or like, I mean, or, or it has a Merc spat on it. Like, <laughs> I don't fucking care. Yeah. <laughs> um, and there's like not a lot of exciting units to, to play in those synergies, right? There's not like a super exciting Arcanist play. And maybe that's the wrong example. There are actually a couple like, like Lucian and um, maybe some five costs, but like not an exciting unit to put Bodyguard spat on, not an exciting unit to really put Challenger spat on uh, because the synergies don't line up to like let you play Challenger, mm-hmm. for example, very easily. Um, yeah, not a lot of connecting points between synergies that make spat feel cool, I would say. As you said, right, mm-hmm. I feel like the, the bigger problem is that, like, a lot of them just amount to stat increases, right? Like, even, like, arc spat, like, it just essentially ends up being, like, a better death cap if you actually actually get, like, go full vertical, or, like, it ends up being, like, slightly worse than a death cap, if that makes sense. Like, it's one of, it's like yeah. one of the other. Like, but, like, at, at no point is it, like, particularly interesting. Like, it, it's always like, oh, cool, this unit gets a bunch of AP. Like, it doesn't change the way the unit behaves, it doesn't, like, transform the unit in any meaningful way, it just gives them more AP, right? And I think that that can be said for a lot of the other spats. Like, like uh, Challenger spat is like, okay, cool, it gets a bunch of attack speed, like, what else is there off the top of my head? Um, I mean, hex spat is just like a meme. I don't think I've ever seen anybody yeah, willingly slap. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I've ever seen anyone willingly slap a hex spat. Uh, I mean, chem spat just ends up being like a bunch of healing, which I mean, it's like fine, but like again, it's, it's like it's fine, right? I think chem spat was a lot more interesting 6.0 when you had Urgot to play around compared to now with like Renata and stuff, but just my opinion. Um, what other spats are there? Oh, striker spat is like extremely veg. Striker spat is literally just like a death blade, like. And it uses okay. a sword. Yeah. I don't want to build it. And he uses, uses a sword. Exactly. Oh, he uses a sword. Yeah, he uses a sword. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, since since is fine, but I think since is like very, it's always going to be polarizing depending on the chat pool. And that like this yeah. set just doesn't have a great this this set just has like a really poor chat pool for since right? Um, and I think there's one. Yeah. Oh, and mutant spat's obviously good. Like mutant spat's like I I think was like the big success. M- mutant spat I think is sweet. Yeah, he would be. I think so when, when, yeah when you can make a mutant spat, it, it's like it's like pretty sweet. And mm-hmm. it's fun to play around, but like all the other spats are like so bad. Yeah, spats in a really weird spot right now that people are trying to convince themselves that like assassin calm Kench is the most fun that they can possibly have. Like when that's the case, like people oh, playing a sin calm, that's when you're like, okay. Sin just kind of lit though, no? Sin just kind of lit. They've never played since that on me, obviously. Yeah. Dummy mommy. Yeah. Hunting the back line. You know, it's like. Like when that's like when that's like what people are getting up to in the set, it's like oh people are like sin spatting Tom Kench for fun. It's like okay, well, the spats like spats just whatever. I think you're right about like the synergies themselves. Like back in previous sets, you know, when you put assassin spat on like champs that like made a big difference to the fights, like that was when it was 
at its best, like Fiddlesticks, for instance. Flashbacks to Sin Fiddle. Yeah. Oh, God. Oh, man. Oh, God. Oh, oh dear God. God. That was fun for one person. Yeah, it was only yeah, fun yeah, for Sin Yeah, I don't know if I want to go back to that. That was definitely broken. Mm. Um, but it's just, yeah. just, I don't know. So it is relatively strength. It's like strength compared to the champ pool as well. And it's also compared to, like, yeah. the traits themselves. Like, it's not really cool. Like, you can't, like, give... Are, like you can give Ari mutant right, and like Ari does some really cool things, but like you can't give Ari chemtech because she just gets a bit of healing oh, and some damage yeah. reduction. You oh. know, like that's that's I all think... it is. It's just a tank item, really. Yeah, I think the the one big success spat wise really is synaptic's web. I think synaptic spat is by far the most fun spat, and nothing will get close to it because you can have like like so many cool units like uh, like oh, synaptic timer last set or like synaptic gp like have you ever seen the yeah, did a gp yeah. build yeah 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 and he just sits in the corner and goes it's so cool it's so cool like that's yeah yeah it's cool to make these weird interactions like that is really cool right like a spat saying zero gets four percent attack speed is not really as cool as a spat saying gp gets to sit in the corner and just go like a bad man. That's cool. That's cool as fuck. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, that's so fun. Agreed, agreed. Like, I 100% agree. Like, my answer to, like, how, how they should, like, um, change them is that, like, I, I really would like to see spats a lot more just transform. Like, I would like to see them make spats, like, be a lot more transformative. Like, like they were in the yeah. past, if that makes sense. Like, I, I would like to see spats, like, actually just, like, change how, like, units, like, actually behave, rather than, like, spats just, like, being, like, you know, like, stat bonuses, right? Like, for, like, verticals. So, yeah. Mm. That so comes down to so the traits as well. Because, like, there are some really interesting spats in the locked behind home. Like, honestly, yeah. also the fact that they got rid of... Um, I think one of the things that makes, like, Frontline really bad right now is that, like, Syndicates really haven't found their footing too much in 6.5, where as opposed to set 6, where they were, like, a little bit better, like, it was more reasonable to play Syndicate. Mm -hmm. Like, Syndicate boards were often better a little bit stronger a little bit more well-rounded and that was because you had access like pretty easy access to seven syndicate because you could like spat you could spat a chain like um, yeah and you you never had to like waste offensive items or like building spats and, and like tanks were better and those kind of things so um yeah i think they missed a trick oh, by I just not, realized. Like, leaving syndicate yeah. spat in yeah i just realized we didn't even talk about like uh yeah, I'm gonna avoid saying that. We didn't even yeah, we didn't even talk about yeah, the bonus stat. We didn't even talk about uh the bonus stat and how like that one is literally just a stat it's just a stat. So bad. So it does. Like Debonair itself is someone that would who's played a lot of Debonair would would attest to you. I'm I'm sure you're gonna say the same thing as me, Sol. Debonair is just like random stats with cool units. Like Debonair doesn't do like all that much to like debonair the trade itself like is really boring but like all the units are really fucking cool and then you get the bonus of them having extra abilities the VIP is so sick. yeah yeah and then you okay, get the so, vip yeah, but I mean, it's 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 pretty boring altogether i think like like was there was there a slayer spat back in the day it was right instead of 4.5 uh slayer spat no there wasn't no. a slayer spat. because you had chosen i don't right? think there was I always chose it was a... No, 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 there definitely was not a Slayer spat, no. Slayer was a, uh... Yeah, yeah Slayer was... There was, there was no Slayer spat. I think, like, Elderwood spat is an example of really cool spat. Like, yeah. You oh, yeah, say, like, spat, spat, Elderwood spat. Elderwood spat, spat really changing, um... Like, changing, uh, It was a bunch of stats. 
Yeah, but with the stats, the change was like really, really transformative in that. And it's not just a bunch of stats given at the end of the fight, it's a bunch of stats that say, okay, now this unit now wants to play for a long fight, right? So like Ace Soul wants a long fight, and like maybe traditionally he wants a quick fight. Um, So it changes how the unit plays, and spats don't really do that right now. Except, okay, we'll see. Eight Bodyguard is the most fun and most broken comp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's, it's so broken. Uh, tech has been leaked. Yeah, the tech has been leaked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that one is actually like really busted. It's insane. Yeah, need to need to play it sometime. If we go back to like set three, See, well, like, how changeable, um, like how changing uh, demo spat was as well, like how it just changed every single game. Yeah, oh, God, yeah, that was. Like, yeah, that's like a bad example. example. <laughs> that's a bad that's, example. That's the example yeah. of it being too far in the opposite yeah. direction, right? It's, it's way too transformative. Yeah, it's way too transformative. Yeah. I think that they, they, they just need to try to find like a middle ground in Bristol, which is not easy. It's way easier said than done, right? I, I think that's like mm. what they should be aiming for. You know, like it's it's not a controversial statement to say that like uh, stats that like amounts of like flat bonuses are like extremely bench. So uh, yeah, that's just not a controversial statement at all. I agree. Mm. I want that fire thing, laser thing. That's what I yeah, want. Yeah, laser spat. Right. Uh, I think that's all the questions I had. Uh, I mean, that's all the questions we have prepared so far. So, I mean, there was one about like uh, confidence and stuff, but we already sort of we already sort of talked about that earlier in the pod. So, don't really need to ask that one again. So, uh, yeah, we're appreci- we're approaching the twelve mark. So, it's been a long episode. Wow. That's good. Well, that's what happens when you get a podcaster on the podcast. You the talking yeah. <laughs> these three podcast podcasters yeah. together. Yeah. <laughs> Um, guys, look, I mean, so I'll give you one final warning last chance if you want to ask any questions in the chat, but while we do that, I will, uh, wrap up and say a big thank you to Spicy Appies for joining us today. It's been such a pleasure to have you on the podcast. My pleasure. It's been awesome. It's been fun. Really fun talking to you guys. Yeah. And, yeah thanks um, for coming on. Uh, we will be expecting invites to your podcast post haste. Oh yeah! Oh, you oh yeah! <laughs> <laughs> um, it's I, time. I also want to say a big thank you once again to Soul, my co-host, for being here as always. Twenty-four episodes. I mean, we're going along quite swimmingly, really, aren't we? Yeah, yeah. It's pretty crazy to to see how, we, how far we've come. Twenty-four. That's that's pretty. That's pretty. That's pretty nutty, actually. Mm. That's actually a long time. The more I think about it, Jesus Christ. But uh, it's it's great, and uh, yeah, I keep the train rolling. It's uh, it's been really really fun. Abby's, do you have a Pokeball behind you on your desk? Uh, yeah, well, it's a, it's a terrarium, actually. It has a little wow. shaving in it. Oh! Yeah, really it's really yeah. cool. I, w- w- okay, on a random note, the shop that I work at sells those. I work for a board game shop, and we sell terrariums. Like, oh, hell terrariums. yeah. That's awesome. Like, really popular. Oh, yeah. Angora, I asked Abby's in the, in the pre-show already if he could stream <laughs> earlier. Because he finishes streaming at 5 a.m. Yeah, I, 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 so I start stream at 9 a.m. for me and go until 3 p.m. Yeah. Uh, maybe some night streams on my end coming through, which is morning streams for you guys. Potentially, I'm down. Amazing. Set 20, yeah. 20 per hour. Yeah, you start, yeah same for me, Angora. Yeah, Appy's like perfect timing. Like I get into bed, Appy's goes live. Like, I wake up in the morning, Appy's has been offline so... for 20 minutes. <laughs> That's okay. That's all right. We'll just have to like once set seven come set seven PBE. We'll start doing some degenerate stuff. We'll be up late. You know, we'll be playing TFT more. Oh yeah, oh yeah. 
you know 12 hour days exactly oh yeah exactly (laughs) all right guys well that is going to do it for this episode of the roll down podcast uh finally before we let uh appies get out of here we want to give uh a chance to shout out where everyone can find you yeah, uh, you can find me at twitch.tv slash spicyappies. That's with an I, not an L for anyone who eats spicy apples. Fuck you, Riot. Not not really, <laughs> but they spell those spicy apples in the regionals thing. It made me really mad. But, uh, <laughs> no, fuck you, Riot. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. I love Riot. Uh, Somebody clip that. Somebody um, clip yeah. that right now. Also, <laughs> uh, spicy apples on Twitter and... And, uh, yeah, also check out the Tribor Tactics podcast. It's um, Twitch.tv slash Tribor Tactics, also on Twitter, and you can find us on YouTube as well. Not you can find me on YouTube. Spicy Appies on YouTube. Uh, big shout out to, um, to I mean, to uh, you guys for having me on. It's been amazing. It's been super fun. Big shout out to uh, Drachi and Kevin Drachi. Wait, Drachi and Kevin Drachi. Drachi and Kevin Mateo uh, for what we do over, over at Tribor Tactics. And hopefully we can have you guys on pretty soon because it'd be very pop. It'd be turbo, turbo pop. Hell yeah. Lovely stuff. Looking forward to it. And uh, Sol, my guest host, my close friend, tell everybody, as always, where they can find you. Oh, uh, Sol on Twitch. Uh, Twitter handles the same thing. Uh, yeah, I stream uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, uh, 9 p.m. AST. Guys, I'm getting pretty close to Sol, 100,000 points on Sol's channel, which means that he will play a horror game, so... Get over there and follow. Oh, Sol. I'm down. Oh, 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 I'm so down. Oh, that, 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 that's oh, that's oh, all you were gonna redeem. Oh, I'm down. Yeah. I'm, I'm there. I'm there. Let me know if I'm down. Oh, hell yeah, hell yeah, hell yeah. Hell yeah. That's yeah, fucking good. Yeah. All right, I'm down for that. And uh, guys, you can find me Twitch.tv/Cutler with a three because Twitch still won't give me regular Cutler, even though the account has been fucking out of commission for four years um so anyway maybe if you follow if you follow me on twitch maybe we'll get partner and then they have to give it to me um that's the point anyway uh guys it has been a special special episode so for me and for soul and of course our guest spicy appies thank you so much for listening and we will see you guys next time Bye.